welcome to another episode of Spoiler Appetite. I'm Tristan. And I'm Chris. Oh, we're back. We're back. So, it's a new episode and very excited because yesterday we went and saw Deadpool. Uh, it's been... it. We're not going to give any spoilers away. It just came out yesterday and... So, what, what did you think about it? It was awesome. You know... You, sorry, so first off, I'm a big fan of Deadpool. Been reading the comic book, you know, a long time ago I started reading Deadpool. And um, it's nice to see a comic book come to the screen and be just like dead on. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no disappointments. Um, I think within 10 minutes into the movie, I had tears running down my face because I was laughing so hard. It was so funny. Um... And they did it so perfectly, so brilliantly. Um, the opening credits yeah, were awesome. Yeah, that's what I heard mostly about. Everyone was telling me, like, Pay, you're going to die, just the opening credits itself. And the opening scene was amazing. Yeah. It was well done. And another aspect of the movie is, you know, you're always getting that whole origin story. And they kind of peppered it throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, to catch up to speed and stuff. Yeah. And there's just some classic Deadpool stuff in there that if you read the comic book, you want to see, and oh my God, it's there. Yeah. And, and I know this is going to be sacrilegious, but, you know, if I had a choice between Star Wars and Deadpool, it's Deadpool. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, this was just, I mean, I'm not a big Deadpool fan, but I know Deadpool, like, I know Deadpool, like, I'm sure most people, when they hear the name Deadpool, oh, guy who breaks the fourth wall like sense of humor like very adult sense of humor and with this it was just it's everything we really wanted i mean really i can't see this movie being pg-13 it's just after seeing it in this context of r and just it's right so here's the thing you know i had read where they were really pushing the wall yeah pushing to the limit Mm -hmm. with that r rating and um Oh, probably 10 minutes into it, I realized what they were talking about. And they went right up to the line yeah. with the R rating. Oh, yeah. And if they had gone any further, it would have gotten an X. Yeah, I mean, they. Uh, one of the writers uh, was... I was watching a video on the writers, and they said, we almost got an NC-17. Yeah. And yeah. There, there is talks of a director's cut. Yep, for, it's coming. Oh, my God. And... So, and for anybody listening, if you think X is just porn, um, the original RoboCop, the original cut of RoboCop, mm-hmm. received an X rating. Back then, there was not an NC-17. So right. you can get an X rating for, you know, violence, gore, things like that. And RoboCop got an X rating for, based upon the gore factor. So they had to cut it back so they get the R rating. Right. And, and Deadpool went right up to that line. So... I know Deadpool from a comic book. That's where I was first introduced to him when he first came out and stuff. Now, I know I've seen clips on YouTube of Spider-Man and Deadpool in a cartoon. And that's really dulled down Mm -hmm. to kids. Um, So, just listen up. If you think you're going to take your young kid to see this because you think it's a cartoon movie or a comic (laughs) book movie, don't do it. Yeah, really don't do it. I I mean, I think the violence alone is, you know, it's kind of 
Like, it's not as bad, but there is just one part of the movie that... Well, actually, two parts of the movie that's there's, very there's adult. The, there's a blood and gore. Yeah. There is nudity. There is sex. Yeah. And there are references to sex and masturbation. Yeah. And, uh, you know, not a spoiler, but there is a unicorn. You'll figure that out when you see it. Yeah. But, um... But if you're a Deadpool fan and you know Deadpool to be, you know, the classic merc with the mouth and you know, you know, he's just a loose cannon, you never know what to expect from him and he's crazy and he says things that nobody else is going to say, this is it. This is the adult Marvel movie we've been waiting for. And Stan Lee, oh oh my my God, God, Stan Lee... Stanley, you're awesome. You've always been awesome, but in Deadpool, you've ascended to the next level. Right. And so I can't say enough about it. And, you know, so no spoilers, so I'm going to keep my mouth shut. But, oh my God, when you see this movie, if you're a Deadpool fan, this is what you wanted. And you're not going to be let down. Yeah. It's not like the original Spider Man with Tobey Maguire where no web shooters. Mm-hmm. What? It comes out of his wrist? Whatever. In every movie, there's there seems to be something that's you know disappointing, and or you kind of got to get over it to yeah. enjoy it. Oh my God, Deadpool! Boy, it's a slam dunk. You go in, sit down, laugh your ass off, mm-hmm. go, Oh my God, I can't believe they did that. Definitely. And you know, Deadpool's definitely interacting with you. Oh yeah. Breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. And it's and it's not forced. Right. I mean, it was perfect the yeah. way they did it. Everything about the movie was just spot on perfect. Definitely. There's one thing that is different, um, but it's very minor, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to get into it because spoilers. But yeah, but trust me, as somebody who's myself who's critical about you know comic books coming to the big screen or toys coming to the big screen, and you know they change all kinds of stuff here and there, yeah. just you know for the audience, whatever, right. You know, Ryan Reynolds, mm-hmm. awesome job protecting the Deadpool character. Right. Awesome job bringing him to the screen. Yeah. And bringing him to the screen right out of the comic book. Right. Couldn't have been better. They've been working on this since freaking the backlash of X-Men Origins Wolverine. And uh, the studio, you know, didn't really want to do an R, but they knew in their hearts that, like, we totally fucked this up. So we're going to have to do... An R rating. It's taken this long to finally get it done. Ten years. Yeah, for real. And, you know, the thing is, is that... I guess the people behind X-Men Origins... Right. Did not realize the following that Deadpool had. Mm-hmm. Did not realize the impact on the Marvel, Marvel Universe yeah. that Deadpool has... They must have thought him some sort of minor character to do what they did to him in that movie. Yeah, I mean, I was watching a video of Collider uh, Heroes and Rob Lightfield was on one of the episodes and he was talking about how, um, you know, as X-Men Origins Wolverine was coming out, he, uh, I think the studio, or he called the studio up and he's like, oh my god, you guys have Deadpool in it. And one of the guys was just like, uh, oh, don't, don't worry about Deadpool. You might want to pay attention to Gambit. It's like... And he was just like, oh no. And honestly, from what I got from uh, the, whenever he was on Collider Heroes, he was saying, you know, he, he said, like, I get asked all the time, am I disappointed by or- Origins Wolverine? And he's just like, you know, 
I am kind of disappointed, but I'm just glad he's in a movie. Because now we have this movie. The right Deadpool. Right, and you know, in a way, it created the backlash. Yeah. Because in that movie, Wade Wilson was brilliant. Yeah. Wade was spot on. It's what you expected. Right. But the moment they announced the character's name, The Deadpool. Yeah. You know it's not going to end well. Right. The only thing they got right with that was at the end when his head gets separated from his body. Oh, yeah. The eyes open up and the he's still alive. Scene. Yeah. Right. But I got news for you. It didn't look like Deadpool. Right. His skin was all nice and smooth. Uh-huh. I mean, it was the worst thing about a character. Yeah. And, you know, you want to, you know, I was saying earlier about how they, you know, they bring comic book characters or toys to the screen. They screwed up. Yeah. Nothing was <laughs> they were as screwed up right. as what they did to uh, Deadpool. Actually, the Deadpool. Right. What they did to Wade Wilson in that movie, oh, brutal. It yeah. just I, I can't even believe it that it made it out like that. Right. I mean, they could have done Deadpool. Yeah. Maybe not with the black and red suit, mm-hmm. but with the, the scarred up body and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And... You know, had him just insane. It, it could they could have done it. Yeah, it could have been brilliant. Yeah, um, and they could have spun it. I mean, because he started off as a supervillain. Yeah. So if you had had him in that movie as a supervillain, he gets his butt kicked by Wolverine at the end, and his head's just laying there with his eyes open. Oh my god, yeah. it would have set up the Deadpool movie. Yeah. But I'm glad we waited this long. Yeah. It was well worth the wait. And he was brought to the screen the way he should have. Because if, what is it, Fox does the X-Men movies? Fox does, yes. If they had brought dead, if they had done that right in the X-Men Wolverine movie, uh, Wolverine Origins movie, if they had done Deadpool right, they would have been the ones to bring him to the screen, and they would not have gone for the R rating. Right. It was only because of Ryan Reynolds and the fans after the supposed leaked test footage yeah. that, you know, the studios realized, okay, we've got something unique here. Right. Comic book, anti-hero, R-rating, mm-hmm. very dark kind of character. So, you yeah. know, it was done right. Yeah, I was recently on Twitter, and one of the guys had predicted, um, one of the people I follow on Twitter said that Deadpool the movie just crossed over to $100 million on the opening day. Made over $100 million. So he won a bet, basically. And... You know, while everyone else on the, uh, this is coming, I'm basing this off of watching uh, Collider, and uh, one of the guys said, it's going to make a hundred million, and everyone's just like, no, it's like, it'll, it'll be close to it. Everyone was thinking 70 million, 80 million, 60 million, but dude was right. (laughs) Well, and the thing is, is you got to consider, okay, so Deadpool, yes, does have a huge following. Yeah. But when you make it our movie, you do cut out a good chunk of audience that's not going to be watching. Right. However, fans of the real Deadpool are of the age where they can get into an R-rated movie. Yeah. The kids who may have been watching Deadpool on the cartoons, hanging around with Spider-Man, and he just seems like some sort of wacky guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're not going to make it. Right. They shouldn't be making it. But the thing is, you look at the other X-Men movies and how much they've made. Oh, yeah. And then you look at the anticipation that there's been for Deadpool. Yeah. And the way it was done. So they had a budget of $58 million, which is nothing compared to most comic 
book uh, movies and such. So they're going to make money, and Deadpool is going to make a killing. Yeah. And they know it because they've already, you know, got the everything going for Deadpool 2 at this point. Oh, yeah. Um, so, and you don't start doing something like that unless you know that your first Deadpool movie is going to be a hit. I mean, it's just, it's kind of a no-brainer. I like to say this is like the age of the geek. Right. I mean, Definitely. When, I, when I was your age... If I was going around talking to people about this, like maybe one in 50 knew what I was talking about. <laughs> and everybody knew, oh yeah, Chris reads comic books. But I didn't really have many friends that, you know, read comic books with me or whatnot. Right. And oh my God, I used to go to comic books for like twice a month, mm-hmm. spend like 60 bucks. Right. Deadpool, X-Men, Spider-Man, Punisher, mm-hmm. things you've never even heard of before, you know, short run stuff, Spawn. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I, you know... It was like a geek thing, and um, I think that a lot of those geeks are now in control. Yeah, and they are the ones that are pushing this stuff out. Yeah, and be being geek has become accepted nowadays. For real, right? I mean, you know, you think about like you know the fat bearded dude at the comic book store. Okay, that was your idea of the comic book guy. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously Ryan Reynolds uh, is interested in comic books or Deadpool or X Men or something. And he doesn't look like the fat guy with the beard at the comic book store. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just the world has changed. And there's a lot of great stories out there in those comic books. You know, from when I was a kid and still being written now, just some amazing stories. And I think Hollywood has realized that there is a lot of money there and a lot of entertainment. Yeah. And as much money as, as there is to be made, it's because the fans are willing to go watch it. Right. And I guarantee you there's got to be a high percentage of people who've never picked up a comic book mm-hmm. but love these movies. Yeah. And that's a testament to the great writing and the great stories that have been created over the years. Yeah. You know, you've got some really lame uh, comic book characters out there. Yeah. But you've got an amazing number of just awesome characters where stories can be built around. And I mean, X-Men Apocalypse... <laughs> holy crap it's about yeah. damn time and you know that gets into the whole Age of Apocalypse storyline if, mm-hmm. if you've ever seen that or heard about it which is like my favorite ever um, you know so now I'm pins and needles waiting for that hoping they don't screw that up yeah and so far it's looking like they're going they're going to get it right for real speaking of like people not being into comic books or like just what, just not like growing up as a comic book fan just seeing the movies um, I know a friend personally who, she watched the Marvel movies and she watched the Avengers, and I think she posted something on uh, something like Instagram, saying she got uh, an Avengers comic. And I asked her, was it? Did you collect that before any of this stuff? Like, were you originally a fan of the stuff, or was it the movie that made you want to collect? And she was like, it's really the movie that made me want to collect. And I was like, oh. That's how you get your audience. That's how... Because movies are movies. Like, we can see them every day and whatnot. And, you know, to get a comic book movie to be that successful and to make your audience want to go and buy some comics, it's probably the greatest thing ever. Because, I mean, I don't... I mean, there's... uh, um, The guy that directed uh, this documentary... Uh, the death of Superman lives. What happened? And 
it's it's the one where Nick Cage was casted as Superman and Tim Burton. And honestly, after seeing it, I would so see that just based off of the concept art alone, and the fact that Nick Cage has a had a really interesting like take on Clark Kent that I don't think we would have seen in the movies. It would have been you know I would have honestly seen it. But the guy that directed uh, the Death of Superman lives what happened. Uh, his next documentary is how. You know, comic book movies are, you know, getting huge sales while comic books are not, are declining. Like the, you know... Comic book sales are declining still? Yeah. Comic books are expensive. Yeah. When I was going in and spending, you know, 120 bucks a month almost on comic books, you know, probably the average price was a buck twenty-five. Mm-hmm. But what killed that price, you know, what brought my total up all the time is that, you know... They want to sell comic books. Can't fault them for that. Right. So, like, a good example, um, you get the storyline that goes throughout the entire Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. So you go into the store and you're like, you know, you look at your X-Men cover and it's like, you know, new storyline. It's like, oh, crap. And then you go in there and you're like, you're buying X-Men, X-Factor, this one, that one. Then you got to buy the Spider-Man. You got to buy this Punisher, and then you got to buy this and that because it's all tied together. And before you know it, you're buying all these buck twenty-five comic books. Yeah. Now factor in that there are special comic books too, yeah. which are a whole lot thicker. And those, you know, you know, three four bucks for those were expensive. But nowadays, you know, you go buy a comic book and it's like four dollars a pop. Hmm. There is no way that I can maintain the same level of comic book collecting now as I did back then. Right. Um, but, you know, it, it's just, it's the times, it's inflation, What it's what it is. But going back to, you know, your friend buying the, uh, the comic book after the movie, mm-hmm. that's always happened, but usually from the stand books, stand uh, from the view of books. So, you know, you see a movie, you like the movie, a lot of people go out and buy the book. Yeah. You know, see if it was different because mm-hmm. they like to read things like that. But I think that again, I go back to you have really good stories, yeah. and if you do start reading comic books, you realize that there are great stories in there, and they pull you in. So you know, if you don't collect comic books, but you think you might want to start, start with one or two titles because if you get sucked in and you start buying every month, and the next thing you know, you want to pick up this other comic book because you know about this other character. Oh my God, it's fun but my god it can get expensive right and getting back to deadpool this was made on a budget of 58 million and looking at like watching this it's just like it doesn't really feel like this was made for 58 million dollars it was brilliant yeah i mean but you know there weren't a lot of over-the-top stunts right um it wasn't 24 7 cgi Mm -hmm. you know it didn't the great thing about the Deadpool movie is it succeeds on the story, mm-hmm. and it's just enough action. It's nothing over the top. I mean, they nailed it. Yeah. And, um, you know, you can always look back and say, oh, I wish I'd seen more of this. I wish I'd seen more fighting or that yeah. or other. But for me, you just sit down, and the moment... Of the op- the just the opening few seconds, you start laughing, yeah, and you're laughing throughout most of the entire movie. Um, 
you know, some serious stuff in there, but oh my god, I can't say enough about Deadpool. Right. And as and this is hard, but as much as I wanted to see Harrison Ford as oh as Han Solo oh, one more no. time. Han Solo is like one of my favorite fictional characters of all time. Just you know, he's awesome. And as much as I wanted to see him back in Star Wars, Han Solo up there on the big screen, if I had to choose between Deadpool or Star Wars, I'll say it again. You can shoot me later. I have to go with Deadpool. Oh my god. Because Deadpool is something I've always wanted to see come to the screen. It was new, it was mm-hmm. exciting. It's not your average, you know, comic book movie. Yeah. Whereas Star Wars, trust me, I couldn't wait for Star Wars either. But there's a familiarity with Star Wars. You know the characters. Mm-hmm. And you kind of have an idea of where things are going. A lot of mystery to it, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, but Deadpool was just so refreshing and new and just can't say enough about it. So you have to go out there and see it. And uh, I have an older brother who, uh, I don't think he really gets to the movies too much. He hasn't seen all the Marvel movies yet. Mm. He's never seen the Avengers. Oh wow! <laughs> Dang. Right. So, <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna get in touch with him and say, hey, you have to see this movie. And yeah. when you, when you go, I'm going with you. Oh my god. Um, I don't buy many movies, mm-hmm. but I'll be buying Deadpool. Yeah. You know, and the thing is too, the other level of success for this movie. Mm-hmm. So this is not the first R-rated superhero movie. Right. Right. Okay. So you have the whole Marvel Knights franchise. Oh yeah. So I, I don't remember was Blade R rated. Yeah, Blade, movies? Blade. I'm pretty sure Blade movies were Pun- Punisher Warzone oh was an R rated movie. And now, whether you like Punisher Warzone or not, I mean, who wouldn't really? Well, I read something recently where they uh, they kind of said it was a little hokey, but <sighs> I loved Punisher Warzone. It was brutal. Yeah. And I think it was. Uh, True to the Punisher Warzone comic book. Yeah, I mean, I he's still my favorite Punisher. I mean, I can't wait to see what uh, John Berthel or something like, I think that's his name, is going to do for Punisher in Season 2. I mean... Of Daredevil? I, yeah, of Daredevil Season 2. Like, I don't think it's going to be as brutal, or it, it... I mean, it might be. Netflix can surprise you. Yeah. Because I'm hoping so. Netflix doesn't have to worry about an R rating. Right. They have no governing body. Yeah. So the only governing body for Netflix uh, would be their fans Mm -hmm. and making sure that they create a product that a certain base of their fans is willing to pay for. Right. And, you know, know, some of the Netflix original programming is quite interesting and really can push them boundaries. Um, So, yeah, it depends on what they're going to do with The Punisher yeah. And Daredevil, but I'm with you. I feel they won't go too brutal, because you know it's in that Daredevil environment. Yeah. Um, you know, plus it just depends on how you want to develop the character and stuff. Right. If they do for Punish what they did with uh, Daredevil, mm-hmm. we're going to be in. We're going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking, um, getting away from uh, comic books. Well, we're still in the geek, talking about geek stuff and whatnot. Uh, but getting away from comic books, well, okay, and we're just going to talk about Star Wars Force Awakens, because originally I wanted to record an episode, like, after we saw it, so we're going to just want to talk about that, and there will be spoilers, so, I mean, 
the movie's been out for almost two months. So if you haven't seen it, spoiler alert. Or if you just don't care about Star Wars, like I, I know one person of the family who doesn't like Star Wars. So really? No, actually no two people. One is a family member and one is a friend. She it's prefers um, mom's side. Um, she, but I know a friend who prefers Star Trek over Star Wars. So, but. I think there, there, that's, there are plenty of people like that. I think that might be an old generation thing. Yeah. Uh, look, I like Star Trek and I like Star Wars. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I like the Star Wars movies better than I like the Star Trek television show. Mm. Because at one time in my life, that's all I had. Well, you did have the Star Trek movies, but they were the same cast as the TV yeah. show. So that all kind of goes together. And I like them, mm-hmm. but I still would choose Star Wars over Star Trek. Right. J.J. Abrams, reboot Star Trek, brilliant way of doing it, and those Star Trek movies are pretty awesome. Yeah. So, so we're going to talk about Star Wars Force Awakens. Spoiler alert again. So, yeah, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, too bad. Yeah, I mean, it's like my one rule of like spoiling a movie, especially if it's like for something this big, you got to wait a month till you can spoil it. Unless you've not like. I mean, don't spoil it online. You can spoil it with people who have seen the movie in person as well, but don't spoil it for others. Yeah, well, not only that, but this is going up on YouTube, right? Yeah. Yeah, if you've been on YouTube and you haven't seen The Force Awakens (laughs) somewhere popping up automatically, then you're not using YouTube. For real, I mean... Or maybe like my brother who's still on DSL. What? Um, That still exists. Alright, so Star Wars, The Force Awakens. Yeah. Take it away. Okay, so Star Wars The Force Awakens. I mean, I remember when it was first announced. You can go back to the last uh, podcast episode. I was talking about how originally... I mean, I was I was with most of my friends of saying, oh, they're going to make uh, mess it up and whatnot. And so you told me they own those, the Avengers, the Marvel. Stuff. Oh, you mean how Disney was going to mess it up? Yeah, that's what... Yeah, it's funny how people freaked out when yeah. uh, Disney got... All the rights to Star Wars and everything. Right. And it's like, well, okay, if you're thinking Disney, don't forget Disney owns multiple studios. Yeah. And they do multiple things under other names because, you know, you don't want to put out a movie that's all about violence and this, that, and the other mm-hmm. under the Disney name. Yeah. And I can't think of their other studio that they had that they done this with, but... Yeah. But Star Wars The Force Awakens, I just found the other day, was not even produced by a Disney company, by Disney. It was produced by one of their subsidiaries. Oh, Wow. So the thing is that, yeah, so when huh. people started freaking out about Disney owning Star Wars, I'm like, chill out. They own, they own Marvel at this point, you know, yeah. the rights to the movies and stuff like that. And not only that, but Disney has no desire to put Mickey Mouse in Star Wars. Right. Okay? They want to hold, they want to bring to the screen a better Star Wars yeah. than the last three movies. Because, you know, what George Lucas did with the original three was amazing. Mm-hmm. The next three, not so amazing. And so Disney knows they've got to put an effort into these movies to bring back the original Star Wars. Because right now, the people, most of the people with the money are going to be a lot of those people in the age bracket that grew up on the original Star Wars. Right. And i got to tell you, that's my generation. And man, there are some people in my generation that you don't mess with Star Wars. It's like fighting <laughs> wars. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah, say you don't like Boba Fett, and that's like, you know, the uh, beginning of a fight. That's the end of it, yeah. Right. So the thing is, is that Disney knows what they're doing. Right. 
Disney's in the entertainment business. They're going to make this right. Now, the question is, Force Awakens, huge. Yeah. Yeah. Can they keep the momentum? I think they can. Can they bring us a fresh new story in the next movie that's going to keep us on the edge of our seat Mm -hmm. that we want to see that takes a different direction than like uh, Empire Strikes Back or Return of the Jedi? There were some things about The Force Awakens that were similar to the original Star Wars movie. Yeah. Which was... Yeah, Yeah. I mean, that that was their intention. Director J.J. Abrams was saying... You know, that's that that was what we we really had in mind. I mean, because not only was JJ writing it, but you had the guy that wrote the original three as well. So, I mean, he said it was basically yeah, that's what we wanted to do. I mean, this isn't just for you know, um, you know, the Star Wars fans. It's for people who've never seen Star Wars. For those kids who are seeing Star Wars for the first time, so maybe it should feel like a new hope. And honestly, um, I'm a I'm a Kevin Smith fan, and Kevin Smith was just like, it's basically like fan fiction. I mean, isn't that <laughs> isn't that what we wanted? I mean, you don't want like the garbage prequels that most people hate. I mean, Episode One, Two, and Three specifically. I mean, but still, I I like One, Two, and Three. I mean, I don't love them, but the only thing that makes me tol- tolerate them is. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Me, Ian McGregor is Obi-Wan Kenobi. See, Ian McGregor in train spotting. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, so Force Awakens, I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, it did kind of have a feel of the, uh, you know, the original Star Wars movie, New Hope. Yeah. Um, but, you know, a lot of mystery, a lot of twists. Yeah. And, you know, it kind of almost felt like J.J. Abrams, like you said, was bringing back that feel to the audience that had never seen it. Yeah. Never understood what the hype was about. Now right. you know what it's about. Yeah. Kind of like easing us all back into it. Um, but, you know, and there were some elements of the movie that were totally different that were just really satisfying. Like? Like the Stormtroopers. Yes. The Stormtroopers are different. Like They're not clones. They're ordinary people. I, I always figured that for some reason. Like, I never bought into the whole... Like, I get it. It's a galaxy far, far away. But I don't... I just never bought the whole... They're clones and whatnot. But now I'm just like... I like that they... Like, I'm glad they addressed that too. They're, for some people who are like... Like, are they clones? Are they not? Or something like that. I mean, there were questions by the end of the movie... Like, you you may have, like, questions by the end of the movie. Like, who is Luke Skywalker... Is Ray Luke Skywalker's father? I mean... You mean I, daughter? Daughter. Daughter. <laughs> wow. That would be, that'd be a neat twist. Yeah. That would be so <laughs> out of the box. Yeah, you know, the next movie starts and Ray goes, Luke, I'm your father. <laughs> Don't ask. Yeah. It was a very <laughs> complex operation, but right. it worked. And that's how, like, that's the look he was giving her. Like, oh my god, it's you... Like, that whole depressed, like, no. <laughs> yeah, well, anyway. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's so many aspects of The Force Awakens where you begin. But back to the Stormtrooper thing, though. Um, I was good with the Clone Army. Mm-hmm. Because in the original Star Wars, you always heard about the Clone Wars. Really? Oh, yeah. Star Wars. The original movie. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, old, ben, old Ben Kenobi is talking to Luke. Oh, about how he fought with his father one. in the Clone Wars. Right, right. And so you got to see that in what, ep- huh. episode two, two or three, whatever it was. Two. two. So anyway, so um, so I was good with the clones, the Stormtroopers being clones. Mm-hmm. And where my short-sightedness fell on the new one 
um, was, you know, when you first see, you know, Black Stormtrooper, I'm like, no, oh, he's not a Stormtrooper. He's just posing as a Stormtrooper right. like Luke and Han did. I mean, it's kind of You know, obvious. the clones are not, their clones are not black. Yeah. And, you know, what I realized later on about that was, well, what if they changed the DNA for the clones? And now what if all the Stormtroopers are black? Yeah. Or what if they were using several different um, various DNAs and creating multiple Stormtroopers? Yeah. But instead, um, if I'm not mistaken, they were basically kidnapped yeah. when they were young yeah. and raised up to be Stormtroopers. Right. And, you know, you see all the Stormtroopers coming out in that first scene with them. Yeah. And they're all just kicking ass. And there's Finn like, oh. Yeah, and then... This is not my thing. His friend dies, and, you know, he puts his hand on, and, oh. Well, you know, I... That was awesome. I did see a thing on YouTube, and I wish I could remember who it was, but they were commenting that um, it it was like J.J. Abrams' homage to, um, I can't remember the director, but Saving Private Ryan. Oh. When those stormtroopers coming out of the ships, it was just like the landing crafts hitting the beaches. Yeah. And so Finn and Tom Hanks have the same reaction to it. Right. They're just... Totally overwhelmed, totally shell shocked, yeah. and but Finn's got a much stronger moral compass, mm-hmm. and he knows that this is not right. I gotta get the hell out of here. Yeah. I mean, and he's like freaking out. But I yeah. mean, it was it was brilliant. Yeah, because we've never seen a stormtrooper before the conscious, right? Conscience. And then the other thing that was yeah. awesome about this movie. These stormtroopers knew how to shoot. Right. They could hit yeah. targets. You know, it's like, how do you create a clone army off of Django Fett? Right. But none of the clones can hit the mark? You know, I mean, that's that's always a running joke with Star Wars. But, yeah. you know, you got to have the uh, the hero survive stuff. But, but this was great. It brought back, you know, a, a, a different level of realism as far as, hey, these aren't your dad's stormtroopers. For they really? can hit the mark. Yeah. And they seem more brutal. And then I also like the fact that there was variety in the stormtroopers. Uh huh. You know, originally we had a stormtrooper, then we had like snow stormtrooper, <laughs> then we had like speeder scout stormtrooper, and that was it. And it was based upon um, the environment, the different uniforms. Yeah. And stuff. But here, you know, you've got you know your classic stormtrooper with a blaster rifle. You got your flamethrower guys. Uh, yeah. Um, and maybe that's the end of the variation. Yeah. I oh guess well. So. so much for that. But anyway. The thing that killed me mm. about Star Wars, Captain Phasma. Yeah. You have this awesome chrome stormtrooper. Yeah, they were like posting her everywhere. And it's yes. like, what, like... Awesome yeah. actress playing the part. Yeah, from Game of Thrones. Like, she's, uh... She's badass. Yeah. That's all there is to it. She's badass. And it's like, it's just like, yeah, what a waste of a good character that you've been promoting through this whole marketing stuff. Like, she looks cool, but... Come on, we need more. But she is, she confirmed she is going to be Oh yeah, she's in the next, next one. Next but here's one. the thing, though. So you get this badass chrome stormtrooper, you know, Captain Phasma. And you know there's got to be something badass about her, because they're not going to give just anybody a chrome suit. Yeah, seriously. And then the time comes where, you know, what is it, Finn puts the gun to her head? Yeah. Basically says, take down the shields. Zero resistance. Right. Oh, shields out? Yes, sir. Yeah. What anything else we do for you? Should I send a memo, get you some coffee? What would you like? Right. And I thought... That was so not... That was not what I expected from Captain Phasma. Right. I expected, you know, there's going to be a struggle. She's going to try and, you know, F you kind of thing. It ain't happening. I'm not putting taking the shields down. Whatever. So that part of the movie just didn't feel right to me. Have you seen... Uh, you seen uh, How It Should Have Ended videos on YouTube? Oh, no. They did, the, they did where Captain Phasma was like... 
they Fantasia to the Lord of the Shields, and she's like, "Oh, you said Lord of the Shields? I thought you said alert every stormtrooper on the Star Killer base to this point." Right. And I was like, "That's what should have happened," but I guess like they didn't. I I don't know. I guess they got a writer's block right there or something. Well, I love like I said, I love the movie. Yeah. But you know, here we are. We're going back to Star Wars again. You gotta get that. You gotta shoot down that shaft. Yeah. Or whatever. Now, what I liked was um, uh, Poe's run to that point. I mm-hmm. mean, that was that was really good. But again, kind of reminiscent of Star Wars. Yeah. Um, but it was done really well, and it was like you know, if Captain Phasma had just hesitated a little bit, because you know Finn wasn't quite ready to pull that trigger. Right. If she had hesitated. The shields would not have come down in time, yeah. and it wouldn't have worked. And then my other question is, was it was it a code that she had to key in or something, or was it just pushing buttons? I, I think, think it was just pushing buttons. Like, okay, I guess he doesn't know which buttons, I mean, which that makes sense. But I'm, I just expect... I mean, he worked in the uh, sanitation, so... Yeah, he worked in... <laughs> and, and, you know, and you know you know, what's so great about him working in sanitation? Hmm. In the original Star Wars, um, they're in the detention block. Mm-hmm. And the only exit is blocked by a whole bunch of stormtroopers. They shoot a hole in the wall, and they wind up going into that uh, oh, the garbage pit. Yeah, with the magnetic walls, mm-hmm. and Han's the last one in the pit. Yeah, and he's like, "Let me try and like, no, it's magnetized." You know. Yeah. So the thing was, I mean, I that's got to be a nod yeah. to that. I would Very, think. There's a the lot of nods. But again, that. back to Captain Phasma. I do expect a lot more. From Captain Phasma, yeah. In the next movie, I mean, so is she? Is she brutal? Like you know, when she's out there on the battlefield, is she just killing everybody? You know, like not giving a crap. Is she, you know, killing women and children, unarmed people? Yeah. Or is she just, you know, more of the brilliant uh, tactician? I guess. That's... I don't know. But you don't. You don't know. There's right. no evidence of it. I mean, you don't see her do anything but stand around and walk around a little bit. Yeah. And you know. It just, oh, great character, but not utilized well. And maybe it's kind of like a Boba Fett thing. Yeah, that's, yeah, Cause, definitely. you know, you don't really get the full effect of Boba Fett mm-hmm. until um, you, you, get a, you get a smidge and a taste of it in mm-hmm. um, Empire. Yeah. But you really see how badass he is later on. So I'm hoping that's the whole thing with Captain Phasma. I- Think that's how they're gonna do it. Because to have her as Captain Phasma, mm-hmm. brilliant actress. Yeah, like you said, Game of Thrones. Oh my God, she's the biggest badass yeah. ever. In Game of Thrones. So you know, it was just it seemed underutilized. But maybe that was the point. Maybe it was you know to give you a taste of it. Yeah. Because I think J.J. Abrams did a really good job of telling a story. Yeah, crafting a story. Um, the marketing was awesome. Kept you guessing the mystery around it all, mm-hmm. and then when you f- and here's the thing, you kn- you know there's all this mystery, right? Yeah. You're like, all right, movie's out. I'm here in my seat. In two hours from now, I'm gonna know it all and I'll be good to go. And you leave two hours later, going, what the f- just happened? Yeah. I mean, is this what? What about this? Oh my god. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, brilliant way to tell a story and keep us all guessing. Still talking spoilers. Um. The beginning of it. I mean, I think what sells the movie for me is uh, the crawl. The first line of the crawl for the beginning, you know. It tells you where we are in the galaxy. And that first line, I remember reading that first line. I was just like, oh my god. This is how you, now it all makes sense. Why you haven't seen Luke anywhere. 
Luke Skywalker has vanished. Oh, yeah. So, like, oh, that is amazing. And one of the things, because originally J.J. didn't want to do this movie, and then one of the people who owned uh, Kathleen Kennedy, I think that's her name, was telling her, like, where do you see these characters? Like, where do you see them now? And it's like, Luke Skywalker has vanished. And it's just like, oh, that's very brilliant. And then I liked how they started it, too, because, I mean... I don't know. It it was very, it's very homage to the original, uh, four, five, and six. Like the beginning of it is like very much like uh, Empire Strikes Back in a way, where it's just big giant battle. In a way, like, hey, let me okay. So let's let's take a look at this for a moment. Mm-hmm. So the movie begins with Max von Sydow talking to Poe Dameron. Yeah, very quiet. Kind of, you know, serene, no action going on there. Yeah. Just a little conversation. Star Wars, A New Hope, starts off with Princess Leia mm-hmm. talking to R2. Mm-hmm. Stupid 3PO's like, where are you? But very calm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so go back to Force Awakens. Next thing you know, you got Stormtroopers landing, and they're busting through everything, tearing up everything. Go to the New Hope. What happens once she gives R2 the information and she gets to the pod? Boom! Here comes Darth Vader yeah. and the Stormtroopers. Okay? So, very similar, actually. Mm-hmm. Now, there was one thing that somebody else again pointed out. And, again, it was something I saw on YouTube, but I thought it was very interesting. The first thing that Max von Sato says is, this will... Something like this will fix everything. Yeah. Kind of like referring to the other three movies, like, you know, we're going to get this <sighs> taken care of. Yeah. Um, but again, J.J. Uh, Abrams put a lot of attention mm-hmm. to little details and put things in there like that. Um, so it's one of those movies that anybody who knows nothing about Star Wars can watch it and enjoy it. Right. And if you're a Star Wars fan like I am, yeah. you pick up on a few things and you're like, all right. And then if you're like super Star Wars fan and you know everything, you get to see yeah. these little things and you're just like, woohoo! <laughs> kind of deal. So it's... it's I mean, it was brilliant, and I, mm-hmm. you know, I cannot wait for the next one, although I'm going to have to. Yeah. But, um... And it got moved to December. December, yeah. Oh, my God. Well... Which I'm okay with. I mean, mm-hmm. more creative time, but still. Uh. Right, so... So, anyway, so what next? So... We got Rogue One next. When is that coming out? That comes out this December. This December. And I think they just finished shooting... Now there's rumors of talk of, like, they're probably going to do reshoots to have a little cameo of the new young Han Solo. Oh, so they can kind of yeah. whet your appetite for the Han Solo yeah. movie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, there's so much to talk about. Okay, so we'll, we'll touch on the Han Solo thing in a moment here, but I want to say uh, Poe was awesome. Favorite character of the new trilogy? Uh, of the new characters, I mean. Of the new characters, uh, I got to think about it, but I would say, yeah, probably. And it's funny because traditionally in the Star Wars movies, you know, the, the pilots are not all that legendary, right? Um, I can't remember the name of the pilot that you know Luke was friends with that he met up with. Mm-hmm. Um, That's the phone. Okay, so what? So anyway, yeah. But yeah, so Poe Dameron, um, very strong, and I liked him. Oh my god, he was so much better than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, 
very you know good depth to the character. The actor is amazing. Yeah. And this actor is the same guy who's going to play Apocalypse. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. But, I mean, just awesome. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he's got... You know, I guess you could kind of compare him to Han Solo. Yeah, it's a blend of Han Solo and... Um, Han Solo mixed with, I guess, Luke in a way? Nah, I, mean, I don't know about that. I mean, did you see that somewhere where they said that's what uh, they shooting for? I, I mean, that's what I kind of got. And I, I, Poe to me is a, a mix of mo- more than just two people because he's he's got the confidence and the bravado of Han Solo mm-hmm. and the pilot skills. He doesn't have the swagger of Han Solo, right? Okay. Um, You'll never, you'll never match that. And Han Solo definitely feels like a pirate. Mm-hmm. Poe Dameron, he doesn't feel like a straight military guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it's almost like Tom Cruise's character from Top Gun mixed with Han Solo. Ah, uh, put it to you that way. I mean, yeah, because there's, I mean, you just like him. Mm-hmm. Number one, number two, he's a badass. Yeah, um, but he's not bragging everybody is a badass like Han might do Mm -hmm. Um, and he had a genuine uh, care for Finn when he met up with Finn yeah and he was generally glad to see him again you know Han Solo just like his name he's just he's on his own for the most part Mm -hmm. I mean he's very much out for himself apparently he still is because him and Leia were on the outs yeah Um, but the thing about Poe is that you look at Poe and you just feel like great guy yeah you look at Han Solo, and you're like fucking badass. Yeah, you know, you, you may you, you can you you know from watching the movies, mm-hmm. Han's gonna come through when it counts. Yeah, but if you're one of the characters in the movie, you don't know that. Right. Poe Dameron, oh, he's got your back every moment. Mm-hmm. He's a badass. He's smart. He's the best pilot they got. Um, so, but again, just a really great character, and I really look forward to seeing him in more of these movies. Yeah. Um, for getting back to the beginning of the movie, I, I, the seeing the beginning of it and where Kylo Ren comes out and Poe shoots Kylo and he Kylo just stops it in midair. Yeah, he freezes. That made me go, Holy shit, the force has just updated itself or something. Like, something went down. Well, you know, like, where did he learn that? I mean, if you think about what you've seen in the past with the Force, mm-hmm. I'm glad somebody looked at that and said, well, hey, if they can do this, they should be able to do that. Yeah. And, I mean, you've seen movies where, not Star Wars movies, but just movies in general where, like like the X-Men, mm-hmm. Magneto. You know, they're shooting at Magneto, and he just holds up his hand, and he's just, you know, all the bullets just kind of drop. Yeah. So, you know... It kind of makes sense that with the force, you'd be you'd have that ability. Mm-hmm. So you know somebody's thinking beyond the traditional Star Wars, right? Which is what you need, and so hopefully we'll see more powers like that in the future. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, and it's the kind of thing that's like, hey, how come we hadn't seen that before? Right. And you know, and at the same time too, you know, uh, Kylo Ren, um, who turns out to be. Ben Solo. Ben Solo. Which I didn't Han catch Lisa. the first name. 
I didn't catch it at first, but yeah. then I was just like, oh, I get it now. And I'm like, that's my favorite character, and how did I not catch that at first? I guess it was just the whole the whole movie itself was just so Oh, that amazing. it was named after Ben Kenobi? Yeah, I just like, how did I miss that? Like, I should have caught on to that like that. But, um... Well, you know, I mean... Why did they name him after Ben? I mean, I guess... I feel like that was Leia's decision to name him Ben. Yeah, well, maybe. But, I mean, it's like... I mean... I mean, I, I know that he played a, a huge role in, you know, separating them at birth kind of thing mm-hmm. and making sure they were the right people and whatnot. And then he sacrificed himself and, you know, a new hope. And, um... I never understood that sacrifice thing. But anyway... Um, but I, it just, you know, it's great that they named him after Ben, but it just seems like, mm, you know, wasn't, uh, you know, her father, Bail Organa, right? Bail, oh, her, her adoptive father? Adopt, I think so. I don't know. I'm not sure. Okay, we're spending too much time on this. But anyway, moving <laughs> on. So, yes, Ben, uh. So Kylo Ren, his real name is Ben Solo, and yeah. he was named after Obi-Wan Kenobi, which, is, uh, which was known as Old Ben Kenobi in the original uh, beginning of Star Wars A New Hope. Yeah. All right, so there we've touched all the links there. Right. Um, I think for me, I mean, there's so much we could talk about, but, uh, okay, when Han Solo dies mm-hmm. at the end, yeah. did you get the impression that he knew what Ben's intentions were? No, I think he was hopeful that... Yeah, okay, so I know what you're saying. So there are some that say, you know, Kylo Ren said he needed help. He kills Han Solo and says, hey, that's what I needed. Yeah. You know, to free himself from his father or whatever like that. You know, did Han Solo know that uh, Kylo Ren was going to kill him? Yeah. And that that would just make him keep going and be evil? No. If Han Solo thought that by sacrificing his life, that his son would make a change. I'm sorry. If Han thought that by mm-hmm. letting his son kill him, that he would be free and unburdened to go and keep creating all the mayhem right. and killing people that he wanted to, no, he never would have done it. Mm-hmm. But it's his son. Yeah. And he's hopeful. And he's thinking, if I can just reach out to him, if I can get to him somehow on an emotional level. level. Mm-hmm. Let him know, you know, it's okay to come back home. We forgive you. And essentially, that's what Han Solo was putting out there. Yeah. Look, it, it was. it's kind of like, look, we know you're troubled. We know you've had hard times. But we still love you. Yeah. And we forgive you. Come home. Let's make this right. Right. That was Han's intentions. Mm-hmm. And as a badass as Han Solo is, he was still a father. He still had that emotional connection. Right. And he was just hopeful yeah. that he'd be able to reach him and bring him back home, you know, and help him out. So, no, I don't believe Han was ready to give his life. Right. And the thing is, is that even after he gets the good old lightsaber through him, yeah, he wasn't, at that point, Han knew he was done. Han knew he couldn't reach his son. But it's still his son. He's not going to try and pull a gun on him or blast him right. or anything like that. So I just think it's a moment where, it's an emotional moment where he's reaching out to his son, 
trying to reach what was still left deep inside of him because he knew there was good in him still, mm-hmm. you know. And what I like about it is that he didn't reach him. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he had reached him, we would have had a Return of the Jedi scene. Yeah. With Luke and, and Vader. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead, um, Kylo Ren's a bad guy and he took out his own dad. Yeah. And then said, oh, that's what I needed. Thanks. And, and then, yeah. I loved how Chewie's reaction was just, ah, oh, man. Chewie, yeah, Chewie, I mean. And there's a great, I don't know if you've seen this post, but there's a great post that someone did a little doodle of like uh, Kylo Ren growing up and Chewie was always there for him. And so when he lifts it up, like he's going for his head, but then he realizes that's his son and shoots him in the side and whatnot. And so I thought that was pretty neat. I mean, also, I mean, eh, I, uh, it's kind of funny. Like, you know, Han Solo dies and, you know, people are like, oh, will he come back and whatnot? He's no. not coming back. And blows up the freaking Death Star. I mean, I, that yeah. was Harrison Ford's idea of like, I'm Me done. Too. Blow it up. Just that's, blow it up. And I'm that's done. one of the things that, um, you know, I think, Really, Harrison Ford came yeah. back and did this for the fans. Yeah. Um, I don't think he wanted to do another Star Wars, but I think he did it for the fans. And and I, I'm with you. He's like, all right, I'll do this. You know, give it for the fans and everything like that. Uh, but you got to kill me off in such a way that there's no way of me coming back. It's yeah. Like, all right, we're going to kill you, and then we're going to drop you down a chasm, and then we're going to blow you up. Yeah. So I thought that was funny as anything. Right. And, and at that point, when they killed him off, it dawned on me. I'm like... You know, Harrison Ford did say he was done. Yeah. But Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill never said that. And I was like, holy crap, they're going to be in the next movies. Yeah. Which I just... Initially, I wasn't expecting it. I was I was looking at it as the old cast handing it off to the new cast. Mm-hmm. But yet, that's not it. We've got a new young cast. They're going to be the main focus. But we're going to keep the elder statesmen, yeah. Leia and Luke, mm-hmm. and... Uh, it's a trap yeah, <laughs> in there as well. But what's cool about that is that I look forward to seeing Luke and Leia in the next movie. Me too. I was disappointed that we see the one scene of Luke putting his hand on R2. Yeah. He just basically his hand in a robe. It could have been anybody. Yeah. Heck, it was probably J.J. Abrams. <laughs> For all we know, it was Stan Lee. <laughs> anyway, and then the last scene, him standing there on top of that the, the grassy mountain yeah. place, whatever like that, him looking at her like, what are you doing here? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like, like that's <laughs> all the loot we get? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Because, and I'm sure a lot of people with me on this, you're thinking, okay, here we are. We're back. Star Wars. Force Awakens. Luke. Luke has all this time to soak in the Force right. and become the true Jedi Master that we know he was always destined to be. And, you know, what's happened to him all these years? What new powers does he have? Mm-hmm. And apparently, the only thing we know is he can stare at at Ray and roll credits. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. But again, J.J. Yeah. Abrams, it's the just writers, yeah. they're brilliant setting it up for to the keep next you on the hook yeah. for the next one. So, I mean, I don't think the next one will open as big as this one did. But it'll make a good... But it'll, 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 it'll still be huge. Back. It'll Oh, it's more than going to make its money back. I think it's still going to be huge, but it would be really tough to top this one. But, you know... And it's like I don't care. I mean, I want to. I want to know the story. Yeah. 
I want to see where they go with it. Mm-hmm. Because after you watch it, everybody's got their opinions. And yes. my opinions are, are somewhat based on some of the... Yeah, you mentioned earlier about not comic book, but there were plenty of Star Wars comic books written. Mm-hmm. And there still are. But it's funny, so kind of... There's this whole universe after the Star Wars movies that all these writers, whether it's books or comic books, have created. And uh, so kind of my guess on where things are going... It's just my personal experience. I'm pulling from what I know about some of the books and the, and the right. comic books. But the great thing about this, which adds to the mystery, is that Disney and the writers, they can do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. They can take the story in any direction they want. And, you know, but they've got to take it in a direction that feels like Star Wars. Right. You know? And we've seen Vader evil and then kind of give in at the end of Mm -hmm. return of the jedi and you know repent and save luke we've seen you know young darth vader anakin skywalker in the prequels we've seen all his angst and everything else like that all right so come on do something do something refreshing and new with kylo ren i mean at this point kylo ren when we meet him he's kind of like anakin uh, before he meets and, up with uh, yeah. Obi-Wan and goes to the chop shop. Yeah. But, and, and we get it. They're related. They, mm-hmm. They've got that same uh, draw to the dark side. They have that same angst, that the same emotional thing going on. They can't reel it in. Um, and and the question is, so at what point did Kylo Ren turn to the dark side right. and start training? Mm-hmm. We know he's not done with his training because right. he got called back for more. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, I don't want to see another young Anakin Skywalker full of emotion and angst. Yes, I mean, the direction is coming from a different source. Yeah, but you know, come on, guys, you've got you can do it. I'm an idiot. You guys are smart. You guys are the writers. You're the creative talent. Give us something that is new, that is Star Wars, that makes us go, oh, I gotta see the next one. Do you feel? What do you think, by based on performance and execution, what was better, Anakin's young Anakin Skywalker or um, Ben? Like, because I remember you saying uh, how you felt Ben's like was worse, like <laughs> was worse than uh, Anakin's. Like, well, I'll put it this way. Unfortunately, you showed me the what? What was it? E- emo Kylo Ren. Yes, the Twitter page. It's that, so amazing. That emo it's Kylo so... Ren is kind of spot on. Yeah. Um. So I, I mean, I, I view Kylo Ren as being more out of control, kind of a spoiled little brat that thinks he's owed something. Then, and I think that's what they're uh, going for. Yeah. Um. Because you know. Darth Vader was my was my grandfather, blah 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 kind of thing. He's like stuck on that. He wants to fulfill his legacy. And so you know, it's and the thing is too, if he really wants to fulfill his leg- legacy, he's got to have it out for Luke. Right. Because if it wasn't for Luke and working with his father toward the end in uh Jedi, yeah. Um you know, it wouldn't have gone down like that. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. So does he hold a grudge against Luke? And is he going to come after Luke with everything he's got? Right. And reality is, Kylo Ren in his current incarnation, if he comes after Luke, <laughs> Luke's going to like you know just flick him like a bug. Yeah. Um. So 
I'm looking forward to seeing development in his character. Mm-hmm. And to answer your question, um, I and I know a lot of people don't agree with me on this. I liked um, the last uh, prequel, third the, one, third one, and I liked you know, Anakin was a little, little whiny over the top, um, but if you think about it, he was a boy in love. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we act stupid. A boy. And how old was he at the time? I, guys, I don't even know. I mean, the actor was 19, I think. I think so. And so I want to say that he was in, he was in his early 20s for sure. Uh, yeah. Definitely. Okay, so let's, let's you know, anybody listening out there who's old enough to know this, okay, so, uh, you know, men and women in their 20s sometimes do not have total control over their emotions. Right. Now, I understand that people in, who are fans of the Star Wars universe did not want to see a love story. Right. I, I agree with you on that, but that's what it was, and maybe that's what people don't like about it. Mm-hmm. So, yes, he was uh, thinking with the wrong head. He was His heart was totally screwed up, and every point of rejection. And I don't know if you've ever known anybody who's, like, not right in the head uh, with yeah. their emotions. Yeah. I've known more than my fair share, trust me. <laughs> um that's pretty close to how they act. Yeah. They do things that they regret later. They do things that you're like, are you serious about that? Yeah. Are, you, are you kidding me? So, I mean, I think it was done right in the context. And I think that it's hard to compare Kylo Ren to um, Anakin when you really break it down because there's two different motivational drives behind it. Right. But to just generalize it, I liked Anakin better. Um, Kylo Ren was a little over the top. Yeah. Um, little spoiler brat. I'm like, and I'm thinking, why do you think somebody owes you? Own, I mean, what is it? <laughs> and that scene where, um, uh, I can't remember what it was, but he just takes lightsaber and to oh, the, and messes to the, the whole wall thing and up. the console because they didn't get the PB8 droid, right? And he just totally jacks it all up. It's like. Oh my god. And those two stormtroopers were walking in there like, yes. Uh, yeah, let's go back. See, that's what I like. There was a sense of realism there because the stormtroopers didn't have that clone mentality to just follow everything, every single order. Yeah. They thought for themselves. If that was, you know, if those were clone stormtroopers, they would have just kept on walking. Mm, Yeah. You know? But those two were like, wait, wait, what is it? Oh, no, no, no. Turn around. No. That little brat is upset again. Yeah. Yeah. So, I do expect to see a lot of development mm-hmm. within Kylo Ren, because at some point, I think he's going to have to go up against Luke. Right. And I don't want to see Luke pull a Benny and just, like, sacrifice himself. Oh, my God. That would be retarded. That would be, like, no. Right, because as badass be as Obi-Wan it. was, mm-hmm. at this point, Luke's got to be way more badass. Right. And Obi-Wan was a very subtle uh, I guess Obi Wan was probably like you know your ideal Jedi for the most part. Yeah, you know he's very good about you know separating the emotion thing. Um, he was good at what he did, and he uh, wasn't rash or impulsive. Right. So you know he was like everything they wanted Jedi to be. Mm-hmm. Um, now Luke, we always know you know a little rash, a little impulsive, not like his father right. when he was younger. Um, so I wonder if you do get to see those two go together, and if they do. Um, Kylo Ren definitely has to step up his game. He's got to, you know... I would like to see a little bit older Kylo Ren, maybe a new outfit of some sort, mm-hmm. and just a more mature Kylo Ren. I mean, 
if Ray can best them, <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's it's there's got to be development there, and so that's what I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, and you know, and who knows what the time frame is going to be between the two movies right. in the story? Yeah, so um, you know, because and if you think about it, you don't need much time because um, Luke, you know, hung out with Yoda mm-hmm. for like what twenty minutes, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and upped his game a whole lot. Not yeah. enough, but he did. Um, so, you know, we don't have to see hours and hours of training. Right. We can, they can just allude to the fact. Right. You know, the opening credits can tell you yeah. how many years have gone by. Mm-hmm. But there is so much potential in that universe and so much unknown. It's just, it's got to be so much pressure for the writers because we're all expecting miracles. Yeah. We're all expecting Darth Vader quality characters. <laughs> Boba Fett quality characters right. Obi-Wan quality characters everything is going to be compared against the first three movies yeah which it really shouldn't because I mean that's the standard yeah you know what I'm saying? My, like I said my generation is nuts about Star Wars some people are so that's it it's like if you want to put the Star Wars name on it be prepared to be compared to the first three right the second three which I personally I like them not the greatest, but I like them. Yeah. But a lot of people are like the first, you know, the second three movies, they don't exist. Right. Those first three movies is the standard to which everything is going to be held to. Yeah. And say what you want about George Lucas, he did those first three movies. Mm-hmm. He was the man behind those. And so those first three movies, that's what everything's going to be held up to. Yeah. Even, you know, your Rogue One, your Han Solo movie, anything that spun off going to be held up against that yeah do you have the depth of characters do you have the quality of the characters how is the story writing how are the effects um you know all that stuff yeah so you know if you're going to walk in that in those boots star wars boots it all goes back to those movies and you're going to be compared to them and it's going to be like you know 50 years before you can get away from that if you do any kind of star wars right and that's curious to see how much star wars can we take? Yeah. How many years of Star Wars? Can we I take? mean, they Disney said Star Wars movies are gonna go on forever, and Marvel movies are gonna well, go it, on forever. At some point, you know, people might become jaded with it. Yeah. Um, hey, question: When was the last time you saw a western? <laughs> Since 2011, Cowboys and Aliens. I guess you could call that a western, but when did Django no. come out? Django, oh, Django was 2012. Hello. Oh, wow. Now, okay, and the reason why I bring that up is, you know, your grandparents' generation, my parents' generation, westerns were huge. Mm -hmm. It was the genre that was just going and going and going. And then one day, dried up. You know, people had enough. Yeah. Or it was something that my generation didn't relate to as well as my parents' generation, and that's probably a lot to do with technology and stuff. Um, we want to see, you know, Call of Duty quality war type movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, we, we're not too big on Westerns. Yeah. You know, we didn't grow up playing Cowboys and Indians. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe once or twice somebody suggested it and I was like, uh, whatever. Let's go play Army. Let's go play G.I. Joe. Let's play Star Wars. <laughs> right. So the thing is, is that, you know... Disney may saturate the market. Mm-hmm. One movie every year will keep my generation, your generation happy, but the generation after yours might be looking for something different. Mm-hmm. You know, it might not be. 
but I think so long as the market will accept it, yeah, you keep doing it. Now, from the comic book side of things, Marvel, you have a lot more to pull from yeah. than Star Wars would mm-hmm. because um, there's different universes you can get into. Yeah. There have been different events in the comic universes that you can pull from. There's a huge cast of characters I haven't even touched on. Um, so I just think that, you know, Disney, if they do it right, they have a lot to work with. It's been, mm-hmm. it's like somebody gave them a blank check. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to make money. And I mean, having Star Wars and Marvel under your belt, holy cow. Yeah. So, but I am very pleased with what Disney did with The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. You know, I may have a few criticisms here and there. Yeah. But overall, loved it. Mm-hmm. Can't wait for the next one. I'm dying to see where they take it. Yeah. Two more things, and then we'll get off of Star Wars. Uh, favorite character for me for the uh, new trilogy? I like Finn. Mm-hmm. And that light, that lightsaber battle, I feel so bad for him. <laughs> Getting his spine taken out like that, like, wow. Like, and you thought losing your hand or a limb was bad. I think they kind of topped that for me. Like, instead of losing a limb, you lose a spine. And who knows how long in the Star Wars universe he will get, a, like, a robotic, you know, spine or whatever, but... Yeah, I I thoroughly enjoyed that lightsaber battle. Like I think I think we can all relate that we were expecting Luke that lightsaber of Luke Skywalker's lightsaber coming to Luke Skywalker and not Kylo Ren. But when it showed Ray, oh my god, I was so not prepared for that. I mean, that lightsaber battle alone was I, I thoroughly enjoyed it and you know, Kylo Ren is really getting his wish of becoming his grandfather. I mean, he really got scarred up really bad. I mean, I don't know if it was you or somebody else that I was listening to that, you know, the when he takes his mask off, he's too pretty. Now it's like he's he's getting scarred up. So, all right. That's, that's all the Star Wars we're going to talk about. Uh, next thing, it's kind of a minor thing. So, um, I think... When I started this podcast, I was talking about how I watched Gotham, and now I don't watch Gotham, and something really, really gets on my nerves right now. And it's just, it's a minor thing. It's, uh, there's set photos of Mr. Freeze, and I just, I cannot, I cannot, like, I, I don't like it. I mean, if you haven't seen it, go look it up. It's very 66 Batman, Adam West inspired. Of Mr. Freeze and it's so it's not what I expected but I think the only thing I liked is that they pulled off the red goggles I mean other than that suit looks terrible I mean but again I guess it's budgets and whatnot I'm excited for uh, Hugo Strange I mean I'm sure that'll be good but still I won't watch it but uh, Mr. Freeze, I mean, this is a character that's like my second favorite Batman villain. Because he's like, he's not, in the end, he's not really a bad guy. Depending on, like, where he is with his wife and whatnot. He's just doing what he needs to do to save his wife. Like, I like that character because he's not, like, again, he's not a, he's just a misguided villain. Like, he's just not very, yeah, he's not a villain. I mean... Um, and I'm so glad they included him in Batman Arkham Knight because, I mean, I think 
I don't know if it was the best side mission, but it was definitely worth seeing him again. And I really liked where it went in that storyline, where basically, spoilers for the side mission for Mr. Freeze, it's a, the latest, the last DLC, except the community whole challenge maps, but that storyline, it's basically, uh, this is all taking place during the main game. It's like, it's set up to be the main game. It's not after the events of Arkham Knight. And, you know, he's the militia, the Arkham Knight's uh, militia has taken his wife, Mr. Freeze's wife, and uh, Mr. Freeze blames Batman for what happened. And Batman tells him, I'm going to find her and whatnot. And by the end of it, you know, she's out of the whole chromostasis and whatnot. Like, she is not, like, frozen anymore. She is out of it. And, you know, she's telling Mr. Fr by the end of it, she's telling Mr. Freeze, like, you know, you don't have to do this. Like, I don't want this. You know, I don't want you to suffer this pain and whatnot. And by the end of it, they spend, you know, the last... By the end of it, you know, they're, they go off. They're going away from Gotham, and they're just going to do their own little adventure until Nora dies. But overall, I really, I, I really like that side mission. But what I don't like is the look of Mr. Freeze and Gotham. Now, I know this is like, this is obviously pre, uh, when he becomes Mr. Freeze, where his body has to be at, he has to survive only at sub-zero temperatures. But oh my god, just terrible. And what's up with the hair? I mean, it's, it's just, I don't know. It's just. It reminded me of Will Ferrell's uh, character in Zoolander. Like, the hair. It's so ridiculous. But, again, if you're into Gotham, you know, as much as I hate it, you know, that's fine. You can like it. But still, what they did with Mr. Freeze, I'm not liking it. But, like I said, only good thing I like about the costume is that they pulled off the goggles real well. So, you have any comments for that? Uh, no, not really. I don't watch Gotham. Yeah. Um, but I know you don't like it. Um, however, uh, just speak two words that'll make you like oh God, here it comes. Mr. Freeze in your Gotham. Uh, the two words are Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you've ever seen that, Dr. Freeze. Yeah. You know, take, but I will say, Arnold Schwarzenegger's Dr. Freeze, that was a cool suit. May not yeah. have been cool for Dr. Right. Freeze. And there was no pun intended. I'm just a moron. <laughs> but I just think that was a badass-looking suit. Yeah. But I don't think he was true to the uh, Dr. Freeze character. Right. But uh, that movie, that was a free-for-all uh, because you've got uh, nipples on the bat suit, if I'm not mistaken. And, like, you had a good cast. Like, usually when it comes to bad movies, I don't blame the actors. I blame the people behind the camera that oh, yeah, write I, it oh, and definitely. stuff. But. Well, the thing is about that movie, that I think was more kind of a tribute back to the campy Batman TV series. Basically, it's for the toys, is right. what they all say. So, yeah. You know, in that line of Batman movies, um, Michael Keaton was the best. Yeah. There's no doubt there. Mm -hmm. And that first. Set in the same universe, too, apparently, yeah. which is. Well, it's so weird. Well, the, the Batman with Michael Keaton. It wasn't the realistic Batman movies that we see today with like Christian Bale and what we're going to see coming out with Batman vs. Superman. And we'll get into that. But the thing is is that the um, it had a I think the best way to put it was it was a comic book yeah. movie. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And by that I mean it it wasn't real because you know comic books aren't real, right? But it, it certain things were kind of over the top. The way the Joker dressed, Jack yeah. Nicholson. I mean, we loved that role. Um, but it it wasn't like campy. Mm-hmm. There was even though it had a comic book feel to it, it didn't have that campy feel to it. And it was just a good, solid Batman. Right. Now, as a kid, when I heard that um, uh, Michael Keaton was playing Batman, I was like, what? It's not even the right hair color. <laughs> not even the right type of hair for Bruce Wayne. <laughs> and not only that, but I mean, you know, if you knew Michael Keaton back in the day, you know, you'd think of Johnny Dangerously. Which I think I've said this before on, on yeah. this podcast. If you haven't seen Johnny Dangerous, get out there and see it for crying out loud. It's just one of those stupid movies that you just have to see. It's a comedy. Yeah. And it's timeless. <laughs> what I've learned about old movies, you can go back and watch old dramas. Mm-hmm. Usually, no good. Because you can't relate to it. it right. It's, it does, it's not... There's something about it that just doesn't come across now like it did then. Right. But the comedies, they're always funny. Yeah. And it might not be as funny to you as it may have been to that generation, but it's still funny. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that was just a good, solid Batman. And then you fast forward through that line of Batman movies, and, you know, the, that set with Poison Ivy, oh my God, that is exactly how it would have been done on the Batman TV show all those years ago if they had the same budget. Because it was the same style and everything. Yeah. It was just... Over the top, and it's like, ugh, whatever. But at the end of the day, you know, with your Dr. Freeze in Gotham, I mean, the first thing that stands out to me about it is that he's got hair. <laughs> he's not bald. And, um, I mean, I guess that's because it's supposed to be a younger Dr. Freeze. This is before he goes and has his little accident in the lab, I guess. Right. So, you know, you've got where they've got uh, license to kind of do with yeah. what they please. Have you ever seen a young Dr. Freeze? No. Right. So I thought it was, uh, I thought it was an interesting look. Yeah, the hair is kind of, yeah, yeah. Knowing nothing about Gotham because I don't watch it, um, but yeah, he almost. Ex- oh wait a minute, what Doctor Freeze is he? German or Russian or anything? No, I American? think he's just normal American. Oh, okay, not sure. Well, I will tell you um, when I see that picture of Doctor Freeze. Uh, I do expect to hear some sort of foreign accent. And in fact, um, oh, it's a movie with Peter Sellers. Something about how I learned to love the bomb. Oh, I can't remember what it's called. Anyway, he does a uh, German accent in that movie. And when I mm-hmm. saw that picture of Dr. Freeze, all I could think of was Peter Sellers in that movie and his German accent. Uh-huh. Mein Führer. <laughs> so. um, speaking of Gotham, it just came to me in my mind. I saw... I don't know if this is true or not, but they're doing Asriel for Gotham. And there's a set photo of him in the suit. And really? It, it looks good. Not it's not It doesn't look like it's from the comics, but it's a good redesign and whatnot. It's very good, but see, that's the thing about Gotham. There are some things you like, and then there are some things you really just hate. I don't know. It's, you know, if so I'm not mistaken, um, he's younger than Bruce Wayne. Asriel? Yeah. Aren't there so. different types of Asriels? Well, you know what? You know what I'm just waiting for? Hmm. And I don't watch it, so I don't know. But 
I'm just waiting for Nightwing to show up. Oh God! I mean, they're they're just but messing they, with the timeline so much. Why not? They did have his parents on for an episode. Yeah, yeah. I I there was an the circus was in town, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wait, I did watch. That was the first episode. Was I tried to watch it, Dick Grayson? I couldn't get through the full first episode. No, no his um, the circus was in town, and they brought in. Um, so his mom and dad were like both part of the circus, but they were yeah they opposite had, families that right. were fighting, kind of like a Romeo and Juliet thing. And then they come, and they were secretly together. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's like okay, from timeline, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm. That makes sense. But all this other stuff, I mean, according to Gotham, you're gonna have Batman fighting these guys when they're like in their fifties. Yeah. <laughs> and I always, you know, you kind of think that. You know, they're all kind of around that same age. Maybe mm-hmm. a few are definitely older. Didn't you tell me that Harvey Dent is in this? Yeah, he's like... Is he his... a lawyer? Yeah, he's a lawyer. Like, is he young? Yeah, he's young. He's like... How young? Well, I would say in his mid-twenties. And how old is Bruce Wayne almost... supposed to be at this point? Bruce Wayne is like... In the show, he's 13. I think he's now 13? 14. Yeah, 13 or When 14. it starts, he's 13? Yeah. I can't get into that. But anyway, yeah, exactly. So yeah, so now he's like, what, you said 15? Uh, or maybe 14? Yeah, 13 or 14. He's 14, so Harvey Dent's got about a good, if he's a lawyer, you figure 24, maybe say, let's say 26, bar and all that stuff. So, you know, you're looking at a good 12-year difference. Um, that's possible. Mm-hmm. That's I, possible. I guess. But, but it just, I don't know. I, it's like, to me, Gotham seems too forced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I have no clue who Fish Mooney is. Oh, God. I mean, I read some comic book, uh, some Batman comic books back in the day, but I don't know if she was ever in there or not. I doubt it. Yeah, so that made sense where they created characters. Yeah. And, you know, the thing with showing um, Grayson's parents makes sense. Yeah. From a time stand. You know, and that's a little kind of tickler thing. Right. But... You know, you get too many of those tickler things in it, and it's just kind of like, oh, okay, here comes another coincidence. Mm-hmm. You know, and so Jim Gordon, I guess that's about right t- age-wise, right? Yeah. He's about 20 like, years old. Yeah, I'd buy that, yeah. Yeah, all right, so, all right, that makes sense. Um, But, like, yeah, that's like the only good thing. Like, Jim Gordon and Harvey Bullock, like, I feel like that's the only thing. Two that makes sense. It, I mean, that too, and it's probably the most enjoyable thing. It's like, I mean, uh, just like, you don't, like, this is the problem. Like, I mean, but again, I think it's just this season especially that they're doing it for fans. It's like, where's such and such? Okay, we'll give you all these characters, but they're not the characters that we know when Batman meets him. Or the twist, which apparently from what I'm seeing is that, you know, Batman, like, originally, I always see Batman's presence makes these, like, horrible villains come out, whereas in the TV show, it seems like these villains are here, and it's making Batman, you know, come out and take him out, whenever he's at the right age, that is. Well, I mean, I can definitely see where, you know, you have, like, all these super villains popping up, and as a kid, you know... Bruce Wayne is angry yeah. and, um, you know, wants to figure out a way to deal with it. But, um, I don't know, I, I watched part of the first episode. I, 
couldn't get through it. And I, I just, you know, I love Batman, but Gotham just didn't really right. hold much interest. And, um, you know, I kind of wonder how the ratings are. I think they're doing great. Okay. I mean, if they, because I think they probably just renewed a third season. I mean, if I was in charge of that show, I would, you know, you could have Bruce Wayne in it. But you don't need him for, like, every single damn episode. And just focus, like, this should be a cop show. But a fun cop show with Jim Gordon. In the DC Universe. And Harvey Bullock, yes. I mean, it should show more of corrupted cops, which they're doing pretty well with that. Like, some cops are not, you know, who they are. Like, they're not good people. Well, you know, you look at the Christian Bale Batman movies. It's, yeah. And, you know, at that time, you know, Gordon couldn't freaking turn his head in a room without running into a whole bunch of corrupt police. I mean, in that movie, you kind of got the feel that a good part of the detectives and the command and just, you know, most of the police department was corrupt mm-hmm. or turning a blind eye or whatever. Um, you know, and that all gets resolved in that movie, but... Um, like I said, I, I don't know. I really can't speak yeah. much to Gotham. Right. Um, I, I couldn't get through the first episode. And it, it may have just been me. It may have been the mood I was in, whatever. Yeah. But I didn't really have any burning desire to go back and watch it. Right. So I never have. But, um, you know, hey, if it's, I, I hope it's doing well. Because any uh, comic book movie or story or TV show, whatever, mm-hmm. that it, it helps everybody. And, um, you know, if... Uh, you know, hey, long live Gotham. Yeah. And maybe it can run long enough to where Bruce Wayne grows up. Yeah, that's their plan. I mean... That's their plan? They're trying to... From what I understand, they're trying. They're going to pull a Smallville kind of thing where you see him in the suit, but you don't see him, like, in the suit. You know what I mean? Like, in Smallville, he rips the shirt and you see the S, but you don't see him, like, a full body, like, full, you know... Never? camera no i mean you kind of do he is flying at one point in the suit and you kind of do see his face but you don't like see like a full you know view of him in the suit i mean i guess that's what they're gonna do but i don't i don't know if they will well how old you know how old is batman when he starts fighting crime i imagine he's like i imagine he's like maybe 24 maybe 25 i mean that's yeah, how i see so it, you're, you're it kind depends. of yeah, and, I, and, you know, Christian Bale Batman is still really fresh in my brain, so, hmm. you know, I'm thinking that that's, like, you know, late 20s, early 30s, Yeah, maybe. yeah, because, yeah. Yeah, Because so, at one point, he's turning 30 in the movie. Okay, right. So, so you know, if, if Gotham's plan is to keep the show going till Bruce Wayne is old enough to be Batman, that's going to be a very young Batman. Yeah. And I got news for you. Um... I'm pretty sure there's never been a really young Batman. Yeah. <laughs> Batman is never depicted as being, you know, a teen or young. Batman is always, you know, mature, adult, no-nonsense yeah. kind of guy. You know, has the Bruce Wayne persona, which in some cases is viewed as, a, you know, a party guy. Some cases, like for example, back on the Batman uh, TV series on television... Mm-hmm. I think he was viewed more as a uh, serious business guy, not the Playboy. Right. Um, and if you know there was a Playboy aspect to it, but they didn't play it up. Right. And um, 
in the Christian Bale Batman, he was an irresponsible playboy. Yeah. You know, but, um, but hey, you know what? It's a different take mm-hmm. on the subject material. Yeah. I don't honestly know if I could stomach a young Batman. Yeah. I mean, and you never even see, like, in a cartoon or anything, like, Teen Batman. Right. You got Teen Titans that maybe, maybe Batman shows up or something. Yeah. I never watched it, so I don't know. But, you know, it's never like, I'm Batboy. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you got Batboys. Yeah. (laughs) It just, it just doesn't make sense. And and there's a reason he's Batman, you know? I mean, I think there have been things with Superman with him as a teen. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's part of his story. Yeah. But... You know, I don't think Batman really comes into existence, and you know, until later on in Bruce Wayne's life. So. Right. So if that's their goal, they got a long way to go, where they're going to yeah. be messing around with a teen Batman. And... Or they could just like time jump or something like that. You know, five years later, kind of thing. They could do that if they really wanted to. Because if like the ratings are going down, you know, they might pull a hole. Well, I'll tell you what. Yeah, you're right. And what would make sense is that, you know, they get. The supervillains rounded up. They make cases against them all, and they get them all locked up and put away, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there's an event like five, ten years later. Yeah. And they start coming out, and then Batman shows up. That I would love uh, to see. I, I don't know if the show can stomach it. Maybe. But that would be interesting. Yeah, definitely. Speaking of Batman... <laughs> um, Batman v Superman Dawn Just they had a final trailer I'm sure everyone has seen it um, overall I thought it was alright but the beginning part best part of it all. <laughs> oh my god like Batman kicking ass old school yes mm-hmm. like oh my god like if there's one thing if you really think about it Christian Bale is Batman you know it's not it's very real Set it's realistic and whatnot. I like to say Christian Bale's Batman is Batman meets James Bond. That's a yeah. I like that because I like that. It, you know they found ways to realistically try to pull off everything. Yeah, and they did really well. That the only thing that kind of steps outside of that a little bit would be um, Two Face. His mm-hmm. face, the way it was scarred up like that. Yeah. That was a little step outside of the box, I think, for them. Yeah. But there's... Now, granted, there's... You know, you gotta give them some leeway. Yeah. Um, suspension of, dis- of belief, whatever like that. Um, but they were really well done. Yeah. You know, explaining things, explaining how the suit comes to be, and this, mm-hmm. that, and the other. I love the fact that he complains he can't turn his head. Yeah. Which was Michael Keaton's complaint in the original Batman suit. So anyway, so... It's more like, you know, a guy that has the training and the skills yeah. and has all these gadgets. Yeah. James Bond has the training and the skills, and he's got this guy that gives him all the neatest gadgets. Yeah. You know, um, but and I'm not saying that to take away from it. Right. I love those movies. Yeah, me too. Um, I mean, the last one? Yeah, the last one, I mean... It wasn't... It, the last one was more like a psychological thriller that maybe went on a little too long. Yeah. But still, as a whole, love those movies. So, yeah. okay, so... Getting back to what you're saying, um, I, I kicking ass, taking I'm, names for real. Like I just watching this. Like I didn't like before I even watched it. I was just like, do I want to see a new trailer? No. Will I watch it? Of course I'm gonna of course watch, you it. watch it. But so I'm watching. I'm like, okay, 
and you know Alfred speaking is like Master Master Wayne. Their most scans are showing twelve hostiles. Why don't I just drop you off on the second floor? I was like, okay, where's this going? And then they're all by the door. I'm just like, oh, it's gonna be bad. All of a sudden, he comes through the freaking floor. I'm just like, oh my god, that's so. I mean, if you, I so much. That's like a homage to uh, Dark Knight Returns comic book, but you know he doesn't in the book he grabs a guy's foot and he's like welcome to hell and brings him brings him down but so that was kind of the homage that i saw but man him kicking ass in this i'm just like i've always i said this everywhere on my social media this is how batman fights like this is very much the comic book batman fighting style especially when he throws a fucker through the goddamn room. It's just well, like, oh my god. Yeah, and see, and so that harkens back to, like, you know, comic book style because... Very much. You know, uh, Christian Bale, Batman, um, you know, you don't... I don't think he ever punched anybody and went flying across the room. Right. In this, it definitely has that comic book element where, you know, Batman, ordinary guy, no mutant, no special powers, just highly trained, punches a guy and he goes flying across yeah. the room and whatnot. But you know what? There's a certain satisfaction in seeing that. Yeah. Because, you know, real fights are nothing like that. Right. But you see Batman in that room just whooping up on everybody. Yeah. And, you know, one guy he punches goes flying across the room. And then, you know, that one guy, I don't remember how he punches him. He just, I just remember that he punches him so hard. Yeah, was... This guy lands on his head oh and you know God. his neck is broken. Yes. You know, and... And this is the... Uh, I can see it now. Oh the, this is the Batman that doesn't give a shit anymore. Right. He's like, I'm done being nice. I'm done trying to save you. If you're uh, if you're on the receiving end, I'm giving it all I got. And if you get hurt, well, it's on you. Yeah. I mean, and Batman exactly. doesn't really care if you got hurt. Right. But Batman... I mean, in this, it almost seems like, I don't care if I kill somebody kind of thing. Right. Where that was always concerned. And he even says it. In the trailer, he's like, I'm getting slow for my old age and whatnot, so... But this is the older, pissed-off yes. Bruce Wayne who's had enough. Like, as if they didn't convince me enough of what we've seen, that this is an older, pissed-off Batman. And this just... I think this right here just makes me think... This is now... I'm gonna say this now. I think Batfleck, Ben Affleck as Batman. It's my favorite on-screen Batman Ever. I mean, I'm sorry. Like, I, Michael Keaton is still number two, but I Ben agree. Affleck, just because of that alone. I, I think he's going to be very strong in Batman. Yeah. And I got to tell you, in that trailer, though, you know, my favorite part is when, um, you know, Doomsday shows up and uh, the Wonder trailer. Woman deflects, you know, the blast, basically oh, yeah. saving those two. Yeah. And then uh, Superman's like, you know, what does he say to her? Is she, she with you? Is she with you? I thought she was with you. Yeah, and Batman's like, I thought she was with you. <laughs> I was just... I mean, because it's so funny because, you know, I haven't seen the movie. I don't know exactly what's going on because you're just getting a clip. Yeah. But you feel like Batman and Superman are at the point where they're just like yelling and screaming at each other and want to kill each other. And then they have this woman that's like, huh, she with you? I thought she was you. <laughs> huh. and, and look, what I love is, look at the look on Ben Affleck's face. Yeah. When he says, I thought she was with you. Because the other day, I, I caught a clip of that trailer, and I didn't have sound for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. So I just saw his face. I mean, I know what he was saying, but I was looking at him like, he genuinely looks totally shocked. Right. And all the anger 
that you see in his face, even when he's Bruce Wayne in those trailers, yeah. he always looks angry and pissed off. Yeah. But for a moment there, he looks like a little kid that just got the biggest surprise of Christmas. He's like, <laughs> <"All right?"> <laughs> you know? <laughs> and but again, that is why, you know, you get someone like Ben Affleck to play this role because Yeah. You know, if you, you think back to young Ben Affleck, <laughs> I mean, you know, you don't I mean, I don't he's got a great career. Yeah. I don't you know, I'm not a huge Ben Affleck fan. Um, probably yeah. my thing I remember best is Dogma. But, um, and, and the Mom Kevin Smith movie. Yeah. So, but anyway, but the thing is that I know he's done a lot of stuff since then, a lot of serious stuff. I haven't seen any of it. I mean, I've seen Argo. I still need to see The Town. I mean, yeah, I, I haven't seen. Look, probably the last thing I saw him in was Dogma. Mm-hmm. And so. You know, he's a very talented actor. Yeah. And I will I will be honest, and I will tell you, I'm like, Ben Affleck is Batman. Oh, okay, just shoot me now, because this is going to suck ass. But... My mom is still like that. <laughs> hey, look, I Which like to pride myself that I've got an open mind. Mm-hmm. And I can admit if I'm wrong. Same. And I will admit that, you know, I... Initial response, no way, Ben Affleck, whatever. And then it was like... Okay. Like he's well, a good actor. Was it like was it when you thought about it or was it what made you wanna what made you believe that, you know, he can do this? Like whenever you got over like, oh Ben Affleck's Batman. When was it? it when you it just was, thought about it or Okay, knowing he could do it was actually seeing it. But the first step was no way it's Ben Affleck. Step two was like, Alright, hang on a second. That's an emotional response. Let me take a step back from this and think about this logically for a moment. So he's got a really good career. Yeah. He's got a lot of movies. I mean, he's gotten a lot of talent. To us, yeah. Right. So I'm like, you know what? Open mind. I'll give him a chance. Because I thought the same thing of Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm. You know? Just right. thinking about what they've done previously. But what you got to realize is that a good actor brings that character to life. Right. So Michael Keaton brought Bruce Wayne and Batman to life. Mm-hmm. Ben Affleck, from what I've seen, has brought Bruce Wayne and Batman to yeah. life. George Clooney <laughs> brought George Clooney in a Batman suit <laughs> to the movies. Now, don't get me wrong. I like George Clooney. Yeah. But that's not his thing. In most most roles you see George Clooney in, he is George Clooney. Yeah. But George Clooney is so cool and slick, it doesn't matter. It works perfect. Right. I mean, there are countless movies with George Clooney where I just love him. Mm-hmm. I mean the Ocean Eleven movies. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> Very good. Um, what was it? Rewind before what, Rent before owning. I, whatever that movie was with um, him and Brad Pitt. Um, oh, the man who no, no burn no. after reading. Burn after reading. Okay, burn after reading. <laughs> that was George Clooney truly acting. Mm-hmm. Because he didn't look at that and say, "Oh, it's George Clooney." <laughs> I mean, yeah. he was hilarious in that movie. Now, I never watched the other one he did, which is the uh, modern... Well, it's a retelling of the Odyssey. Um, something Brother... Oh, Brother, where art thou? Oh, Brother, where art thou? Oh, my God. Uh, not, Favorite Okay, I mean, I have to go back and watch that movie. Oh, I, I never wanted to see that movie. I'd seen bits and pieces here and there. But that was definitely George Clooney acting. Yeah. That was not George Clooney there. But, man, when George Clooney was in Batman, I so... Wanted to hear, you know, used to hearing, I'm Batman. <laughs> when I see George Clooney in that bat suit, <laughs> I want to hear, 
I'm George Clooney. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to me, and I, and I and I always wonder: is there a clip somewhere of him being on a set, like goofing off, yeah, and going, "I'm George Clooney." I have to believe there is. I mean, I mean, somewhere he, in the archives of Warner Brothers, they have to have something like that because he's funny, and I could see him doing something like that, right? But you know, he may not. I don't know if other people see it the same way I do, mm-hmm. but that's George Clooney in a Batman suit. It's not Batman. Right. Um, I mean, I think George Clooney, image-wise, just perfect for Bruce Wayne. Yeah, definitely. Just, you know, debonair, handsome guy, yeah. looks the part, have any girl he wants, whatever. Yeah. He nails totally that agree. every time. Mm-hmm. Better than Michael Keaton. Better than... Um, Who's the other guy that played him? Val Kilmer? Yeah, God. Um, now, I think that Christian Bale mm-hmm. was a great Bruce Wayne also. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Keaton was awesome. He's not what I think of when I see Bruce Wayne in my in my head, the image I have of Bruce Wayne. Right. That's not him. Um, but it's funny. So, long story short, getting back to what I was trying to say, is that from what I've seen so far with um, Ben Affleck, as Batman, it's amazing. Yeah, and um, I really did like the Christian Bale Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I got to tell you, I mean, I think that you're not going to be able to say one bad thing about his Batman at right. the end of the day. I yeah, and I totally think that agree. you can put Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck up there together Definitely. on the who is the better Batman list thing. Definitely. Um, but from what I've seen him bringing, it looks great. But again, that scene with him and Superman after Wonder Woman jumps in, yeah. just the look on his face, I mean, it's almost like anime cartoon, how big his eyes get. Yeah. And and if you look at what you can see of his face with the mask, mm-hmm. you know, like the jawline area, yeah. it's just very relaxed. Mm-hmm. Whereas up until that point in time, he's always like, just full of angst and hate yeah. and everything else. So, yeah. um, And I think, what's his face? Um, Jeremy Irons is going to be a great actor. Oh, definitely. I, I mean... mean it's it's um, you know it's not your comic book Alfred. Well, it kind of is. Well, it kind of is. Earth, looks Earth. wise, yeah. Looks oh, yeah, wise, yeah, not definitely. there. But I think from the standpoint of being back um, Batman support, um, I just really look forward to that. And Jeremy Irons is awesome anyway. So. Yeah, definitely. But um, and uh, it just reminds me of a topic that we probably weren't going to talk about. But Jeremy Irons reminds me of. Um, Oh, I can't think of his name all of a sudden. The guy who played Professor Snape. Uh, the, uh, Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. Yeah. Man, that sucked. Yeah, definitely. And, um, again, if you don't know, I'm uh, quite older than I mean, uh, Tristan here. But the thing is, is this. If you've never seen the original Die Hard, and I don't care what you think about action yeah. movies or 80s movies, whatever, go see the original Die Hard. It's where I first met Alan Rickman mm, as Hans people. Gruber. Yeah. And, oh my God, just great character, great movie. Um, and, you know, seeing that he had died was just horrific. And I know yeah. probably a lot of people who listen to this are thinking, you know, he's always going to be your Professor Snape. Yeah. To me, he's always going to be Hans Gruber. Right. And I'm not taking anything away from his Snape. It's right. just that that's how I met him. That's how um, good of an actor he really is. Oh, he really. was awesome. And... Just, as Snape, oh my god. I mean... What a twist toward the end, huh? Yeah. I mean, um, you know, on the subject of Alan Rickman, um, Kevin Smith, 
from what Kevin Smith has said, he's like Alan Rickman was one of those guys you had to meet. That he was one of those guys who was always there for you. Anytime he saw you, he would always ask, "What's up? What's been up with you? Like what? How you been doing?" Yeah. And all kinds of stuff. But yeah, we'll be dearly missed, surely. Yeah. Getting back to Batman again. If you haven't seen this trailer, and I know for some who didn't like the whole reveal of Doomsday. I say, go see it, just to see Batman kick ass like he means to be. Like, you really get that feeling of, like, he is so angry. Like, and you thought just by the dialogue he had in the previous ones, wait until you see how he fights. Like, again, he throws a dude into a freaking wall, and the wall breaks. And, of course, the best one ever hits a dude so hard, lands on his head. Like, Ah, so great. I'm definitely look forward to this. I mean, so awesome. Um, getting back to TV, uh, Legends of Tomorrow. We're almost done here. Um, well, well, after Legends of Tomorrow, it'll be a long discussion. But Legends of Tomorrow, real quick. Uh, I I liked it. I remember when it was first announced. I liked the concept of it and the developers behind it. One of the developers said that he was a big Doctor Who fan, and that's why you got uh, John Barrowman in um, Arrow, and why you got, uh, who's the other guy? Oh, Rory as Rip Hunter, which is so funny. Like, he's a big Doctor Who fan. He's like, I've always wanted to get those two. Like, he wanted to get John Barrowman, and he couldn't believe he got John Barrowman for Arrow, especially, which is like, that is a win right there. Like, I mean, John Berman's awesome. Yeah, definitely. Just, just if you if you if you've never seen, I would venture to say anything with John Berman in it is going to be good because yeah. he's a great actor. Yeah. And if you're a Doctor Who fan, I don't think you've done this yet. Have you watched Torch Torchwood? I no, I have not. All right. So a quick aside: if you're a Doctor Who fan or a John Berman fan, you must watch Torchwood. Torchwood is a spinoff of Doctor Who. And there are a few things from uh, Torchwood that tie back into Doctor Who. That's great. And um, it's a different kind of show. Mm -hmm. Um, But, oh my god, Torchwood is awesome. Mm. Uh, So, let's just tomorrow. I'm loving it. I love this time travel thing. And I was so not expecting, and we're going to get into spoilers. uh, By the uh, first episode, you know... You know, what you've seen, the whole previews and stuff, you know, you're not just uh, heroes, you're legends. And then by the end of the first one, it's like, no, you guys don't really matter. Like, I came back to get you guys because you have no importance of the timeline. And, yeah, that was really like, wow, that that's so shitty to yeah, I, say to them. Well, I would say the... Um... The funny thing is, is that, okay, so I know him from Doctor Who also. Yeah. You know, and, um, good guy. You know, his character. Definitely. Great guy. I love it. Uh, Mr. Amy Pond. And, <laughs> um, you know, good guy, heart of gold, you know, do anything. But then you see him as Rip Hunter, and he's like, okay, so I lied to you. Yeah. Okay, I lied again. It's like, you're a dick. Yeah, I lied <laughs> so many times. And it's like... Okay, so is that going to be, like, every episode? Okay, so I like to you about this also. Right. But, you know, in his defense, uh, you, you look at it from his view. He is, you know, 
trying to uh, get Vandal Savage. Right. Through any means necessary. Because mm-hmm. kill, he killed his wife and kid. Yeah. So, again, when you look at the standpoint of where the character is coming from, makes sense. Right. I mean, I, I love it. I'm finally glad they're out of the 70s. Like, I think the recent episode is number four. And they're finally going to the 80s, which is nice. And honestly, from the looks of this, it really looks like a movie. I mean, I don't know how much they're spending on this, but it looks like a movie. And also, I don't know if it's the first episode or the second episode, but they mentioned pot. Like, it's nothing. Like, it's just thrown around. Like, And I was just so baffled by it. Like, I was so like, they can say this? At one point, uh, what's her it's name? the 70s. Yeah, I know. You but know what's like, coming in the 80s? Oh, cocaine or something cocaine. yeah but it's like i i don't know like is this i think this is tv 14 so i guess they can say it but it's like it's so funny and you oh, actually okay. see some little joints rolled up too and it's just like wow they are really they're really going with this and so but there's one part where um is it yeah sarah it's just like it's about to take out the, all these goons and um what's his name jackson was like wait you're too stoned to do this and she's like doesn't matter like doesn't matter I can still handle it it's just like wow I I cannot believe they the drug references yeah like seriously like it's just I don't know why the 70s I I know it's just like I don't know why I find that so fascinating that like they can get away with this stuff and whatnot. but overall I I really love this I love this more than Arrow and The Flash especially The Flash like Flash is fun and serious and whatnot. they have three beats that they do uh you know they gotta have humor uh silliness humor i guess that's the same thing and you know uh seriousness wait 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 humor silliness yeah being serious basically that's our three beats for the flash and so i like legends of tomorrow more than the flash because it's just it's like it is serious but overall it's just so fun to look around and just look at all this. It's a team together. And I, I truly love it. I mean, again, I like this more than Arrow and the Flash. And that's a that's big for me to say. Um, uh, for me, I think uh, Flash is number one for me right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the fact that they went to Earth too. Yes. And, oh you know, the things they can play with, you know, in that frame with Earth 2 are oh, awesome. Did you see those Easter eggs? Which Easter eggs? Okay, so there's an Easter egg on for the Flash Earth 2. You know the phone? Yeah. It has mom and dad, mm-hmm. Bruce, Diana, Hal. And it's like, I wonder what those versions would be. Are they the versions we all know, or are they like, you know, just normal, you know... Well, you know, and, and it's funny too, because <sighs> he does... Uh, his mom, he calls his mom. Yes. Which I thought was great. Really emotional. Uh, She's like, thank you for the tickets to Atlantis. I know. It's just... And, uh, like, and, and you know what? And you know... Uh, it's got to be the lost island of Atlantis. Yes. And not the resort down in Mexico. Right. <laughs> so, and you're like... Oh. You know, it's like the possibilities are just amazing. Yeah. You know, what they could do with it. And, um, I, you know... But I, anyway, so I like Flash right now. Yeah. Number one. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow, I'm almost, like, skeptical. 
Mm-hmm. I'll kind of want to wait a bit to see where it goes. But so far, I'm really enjoying it. And then Arrow is just your... Uh, Arrow is your no-nonsense, serious, you know, kick-ass-and-take-names right. show. Right. Um, I cannot believe that Felicity's in a wheelchair. Yeah. And I'm so glad. One Overwatch. Of the things, yes. That was the one thing that made me so happy. I was like, yes. Thank you so much. Because there's been a lot of people saying, make her oral con. I'm just like, no. No. That's... Yeah. No. And, he, and he goes... And he, and he you know, says <laughs> your Overwatch. He's like, what did you say? Well, you know, we've all got code names. I thought it was time for you to have one too. He goes, "Oh, I actually kind of like." It. He goes, ah, "I was going to say Oracle, but it's already been taken." Oh my that was God. awesome! I love the yes. fact that what you're watching is not happening in an isolated universe. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, they're making reference to things that are out there. Yeah, and you know, with the whole Earth Two thing and being able to bring over. Different characters. See, initially, when the whole tears opened up, yeah, I thought it was fifty-one different Earths. Oh, but it was just yeah. There was fifty-one. It was fifty-one tears. It was just between them and Earth too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. But anyway, so the, being that they could bring over, you know, something from Earth too, or they could go over there. Yeah, that whole concept of, of doing that was just awesome. Yeah, and you know. Barry and Oliver, they're both in the same, you know, they're a couple towns apart. And then you get the reference to Oracle, which is definitely Batman. And it's like, you know, I don't want I don't want it to be a regular thing. Mm-hmm. But maybe one day, Batman's going to show up. Uh, maybe one day, somehow. Superman's going to show up. That would be... Cyborg would fit perfect. Yes. With Felicity. I mean, hey, they want to do a Teen Titan show? Hey, do it for you know, it. Felicity has that guy who works with her. Black guy, yeah, very intelligent. Mr. Uh, I can't remember his name, but anyway, I don't think they're going to turn him into cyborg. But the thing is, is that he's a different character. Oh, he's somebody else. Yeah, he's a, he's a he's got the T spheres. I can't remember. Okay, Mr. Oh, he used one the other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So anyway, so the thing is, is that the possibilities are endless, and I think that um, CW and the writing, I think they've been brilliant with it. They haven't gotten too excited and like used too much too fast right you know the build up to the green arrow took a while for real but we enjoyed it yeah um season four I, was rough I like there's not as many flashbacks now yeah um there's not as many flashbacks I, I really like that cause one of the things that really like I don't really care anymore about the flashbacks I mean the last flashback I cared about was the John Constantine one which was I mean I liked that you know they brought and John Constantine for that episode since the the show got canceled. And there is rumors of him popping up in season two and, of Legends of Tomorrow. So that's really oh. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, and that's what I like. I mean, you, you know, like I was saying earlier about Batman, you don't need this all the time, but just somebody here and there, you know, kind of make it real. Mm-hmm. Like the comic books, you know, you feature somebody here and there, or somebody's getting help, or yeah. joining, whatever. But um, but I'm really uh, optimistic about Legends of Tomorrow, and where it's going to go. Yeah, I mean, they killed off Hawkman, which I was just like, I mean... I still can't believe he's dead. There's got to be some way to bring I mean, him back. I'm pretty sure they will can go you, back. Can you imagine being the actor? Oh, great! Got the part. Alright, let's see that script. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. Really? I mean, All this for that? Come on seriously, now. like he was in the Flash, and then you know, just two episodes of Legends of Tomorrow. It's just like I don't, 
I don't know what was going on there. Like, don't I mean, don't forget his corpse in episode three. Yeah, well that too. <laughs> it's just like we didn't really have an emotional attachment to him. It's just like okay, well he's gone. So I guess he was just a throwaway character, which is fine. Whatever. I still can't believe that. I, I'm still hoping that. You know, there's some way that he's coming back. Yeah. Whether it's time travel or they're going to resurrect him or mm-hmm. something. You know, um, I, I don't know. But I'm just like, you know, I want to see these characters. Yeah. I'm not the hugest Hawkman fan. But, yeah. I'm a Harvey Birdman fan. <laughs> but, you know, Hawkman. Well, you know, hey, but you know what? They brought it to us. Yeah. I'm excited about it now. I want to see it. Don't right. kill him off. I mean, we're not, you know, we're not looking for realism. Yeah. <laughs> we're talking about time travel and, and Rory from uh, Doctor Who, so yeah, we're looking for entertainment and some good ass-kicking and some justice to be done. Yeah. And um, so to see Hawkman killed off so quickly, I'm like, uh, Yeah. So I'm not believing it. I'm not buying into it. Um, if we get to the end of season one, he's still not there. <laughs> I'll be like, oh, damn. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, anyway. It, I have no doubt that this is gonna like not get a season two. I mean, it, it 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 will definitely. And you know, speaking of the Flash and Earth two, you know, of course you saw Supergirl when they went through the breach. I cannot yeah. wait to see that episode. And they there was a behind the scenes photo, and so I'm just like, I can't wait to see that. I really. Someone mentioned like they should have Barry meet uh, Martian Manhunter. And I was just like, oh, that would be amazing. I mean, because I got it. So they're different it, networks, though, right? Yeah, okay. but they're still owned by Warner Brothers, I think. Yeah. But um, what was I going to say? Um, wow. Uh, okay. So, so Supergirl, I think it's kind of confirmed that she is from Earth Two, right? So that's. I mean, I kind of I. I think I kind of knew that from the beginning once it was announced. You know, they're going to cross over and whatnot. So that's that's pretty cool. I like that. And so it it is kind of like, I mean, there isn't really any heroes in Central City on Earth 2, except Jay Garrick. And, but who cares about explaining why isn't Supergirl coming to Central City and helping them? Or is like Central City like a different country or something? Like in a different country, you know? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I guess. But who cares? I mean, I think it's all the U.S. It's just fictional, um, fictional cities. I guess. I mean, that's just between Marvel and DC, right? Right. Um, so yeah, Legends of Tomorrow. It's very. It's worth seeing, definitely. And again, I think my favorite character of the show is the Adam, and it's very. He's very like much my dad left so it's okay so i'm just gonna talk real quick so the adam is really my favorite character right now um i liked the concept that he's just um what is it like very emotional i mean it's very emotional when he's just like at the beginning of the first episode he's just like well you know you know what he's talking to oliver queen and again you know it's a very spoiler episode as you can tell um so the adam Tells Oliver Queen, he's like, you know, I died, I died once. You know what happened? Nobody gave a fuck about me. Like, well, he didn't say fuck, but but you get the message. Like he did, like he died. Nobody cared, and so he's like, this is my chance to become a legend and become, 
you know, probably bigger, a more meaningful, meaningful name than I was when I was trying to do something else and whatnot. So the Adam is definitely my favorite uh, character on the show. And hi there. Do you gotta go? Or... No, I'm good. Okay. So I was just talking about my favorite character. No, I heard you. Adam. Okay. Yeah. Um, so from the sh- from Legends of Tomorrow. Um, I don't know if I have a favorite at this point. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm still kind of waiting for it all to come together, yes? You like Cap- Captain Cold? Maybe he's your favorite? I, I like Captain Cold. Um, I like the acting there. Yeah. I like that actor mm-hmm. and everything. Um, but I, I don't know if he's my favorite or not. Right. Um, kind of wish they, I kind of wish you get an, an upgrade in the weapons. Oh, with the gun? Yeah. But I mean, I, I think that's pretty much, you know, in line with the comic book and stuff. Yeah. But, um, you know, the Adam reminds me a lot of Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Which is, I'm okay with that now. Oh, I'm, I'm just I'm, glad he's shrinking. Look, I'm, I'm glad... I don't have a problem with the fact that he reminds me of Iron Man. Yeah. I mean, you know, realistically is you're going to have similarities between DC and Marvel. Yeah. That's just a fact. Definitely. Um, but, you know, um, I don't know. I, don't, I can't really say that I have a favorite at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just love the dynamic involved. Yeah. There's kind of a lot going on between different personalities and stuff. Yeah. And um, traveling back to the 70s was fine by me. Um, now we're going to the 80s, or are we going to the 90s next? Uh, I'd like to see more, um, you know, I know they can't time travel right now because, you know, she was healing and stuff, and that was yeah. her, blah, 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 But I would like to see some more random, um, time jumps. They are gonna, uh, I believe, I'm pretty sure they are gonna go to, a, like, a Western-type era, because they're gonna meet Jonah Hex. That'll be cool. Yeah. But yeah, but I mean, you know, they're in the 70s, and I know because the story, the way the story is going to go to the 80s, don't, don't come back to the 90s. You better leave the 80s and go somewhere else. Yeah. You know, and that's one of the things about Doctor Who that is always so great, is that it's just so random. Mm-hmm. You never know what you're going to get. Yeah, definitely. And, and I understand that, you know, they're trying to track Vandal Savage, so you can't be random, mm-hmm. but at the same time... You know, you can make the uh, places they go to feel kind of random, though they're still tracking down Vandal Savage. Because I mean, there's got to be um, there's got to be points in time where he's more vulnerable than than other times. Right. You know, now he doesn't. He's just immortal, so he doesn't. You know, get reincarnated or anything. So there's no way to catch him when he's young. But you know, if there was a reality here, yeah. Rip Hunter goes back in time. Mm-hmm. Before the meteorite? Yeah. When he was just a little kid, when Vandal Savage was just a little yeah. kid. And you're like, hey kid, what? Bang! <laughs> Problem solved. Yeah. Okay, but if we do that, we have no show. Right. And <laughs> so I feel just... like he wouldn't, I don't know, I mean, realistically, but again, who cares about realistically, but like, I feel like they would... He wouldn't do it because, you know, he's a kid and whatnot. But, again, that would be really interesting if they just did that for the final, like, season finale. of <laughs> That would it's, be great. It's simple. You have him kill the kid. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not a popular saying. Is yeah. It? Um, would it help if he was a teenager? I guess maybe when he's like an adult. Uh, I got a better idea. Hmm. Rip Hunter is from the future. Yeah. I got it. You go back in time to when his mother ah. is a child. Uh huh. And you go and you find his father as a child. And with your future technology, you can walk up to them. You probably have a little device on your hand. And you go, how you doing? And you wave your hand in front of their stomach, their waist, whatever. And you sterilize them. Vandal Savage is never born. Nobody's hurt. I'm sorry for all you people that are like, you know, forced sterilization is not a good thing. I agree. But you're talking about the fate of the world. Right. So to sterilize two human beings so they can never produce the one bad thing, boom, there you go. Or, better yet, take the mother, take her into like a different time period and leave her there. And take the father, put him in another time field and just... Leave them there. Like, but separate st- But them. you still have potential DNA floating around right oh, there. Oh. Okay, that makes sense. So, like, what if what if his father carries the, the, the that DNA that distinctively is Vandal Savage? Yeah. What if the mother carries that DNA that is distinctively oh, Vandal Savage? Okay, that makes sense. Okay, but now I'm going to throw you for a loop anyway. Because... With time travel, anything's possible, right? Yeah. So what if you do that? You go back in time, you sterilize the parents when they're kids, no big deal, no harm, no foul. Um, Rip Hunter, I don't remember how he said it, but history has a way of still making things happen. Yeah. So, so what if instead of Vandal Savage, you get somebody else? Because Vandal Savage was, uh, what was he in the court of Prince Khufu? Uh, he was... Um, An advisor? I think so. So maybe you get some other advisor in the court, as in, in love with her, yeah. sees them, meteorite, yeah. boom, and now it's not Vandal Savage, it's somebody else's name. Okay. So, you know, huh. history could do that. Or you could have another advisor who doesn't give two fruits, Yeah. meteor happens, nothing happens, and we never deal with Vandal Savage. Right. Huh. You know, it's just one of those things. It just depends on... You know, but look, we're talking about a comic universe. You've got to have evil. Yeah. So if you take the evil out of the equation, you have no story. Right. So, but, you know, it's it's the pursuit, how you lay out that pursuit that makes the show interesting. Yeah. Do we need to see Vandal Savage mm-hmm. in every episode? Probably not. Nah. You know, but we've got to see a good story and a good, uh, good bit of action and see character development. Right. And something that makes us want us coming back for more. Yeah. So, you know, I love the idea of time travel. Mm-hmm. I love the idea at some point, maybe we'll get to go into the future. Yeah. Maybe at some point you go way in the future, past when Vandal Savage takes out um, his uh, wife and kid, mm-hmm. for whatever reason. But there's so many op- so much opportunity with the storyline and what you can do with it. It's just awesome. Yeah. So it's just like, all right, let's see how it all works out. Do you know why he killed his uh, family? Or well, oh yeah, yeah, you probably do. Yeah, yeah, because he told him his name. Yeah, yeah, dumbass. Yeah. Okay, yeah. You know, for somebody who's a time lord, what is he? A time what? Time master. Time master. <laughs> Sounds like a new watch from Timex. But anyway, yeah. For somebody who's a time master, that was a pretty dumbass slip up, in my opinion. Yeah. And that almost is like outside the realm of 
possibility. Right. You know? I mean, because Vandal Savage just asked them his name, right? Yeah, I know. Um, How did it come up? He got, uh, I think they were trapped, and he pulled out a pocket watch of Rip Hunters and saw, it's like, oh, these are the faces and whatnot. And then, I and then he get, says their names. And then, yeah, yeah. Rip Hunter says, like, this is for my... Yeah. Yeah. Dumbass. you like, you know you can't kill you him. You tried to kill him once before. It didn't go well. You know the guy's immortal. You just might think that something could happen. That was like in The Flash. Mm-hmm. They're out there closing up all the portals yeah. before they go to Earth 2. And I'm like, okay, numb nuts. Yes. You want to keep a few open just in case something goes wrong yeah. with your stuff. You know, not a bad idea to have it there. And uh, and I'm like, don't do it. I'm like, oh, well, of course they got to do it because if they don't do it, they can't get stuck there. So anyway, there is just certain times where people do stupid things and I'm like, really? It's just, you know, whatever. And I mean, even if left the portals open, what's to say that where they're located on Earth here and Earth 2 are identical, look the same, whatever. They'd be hard to find, whatever. It could still be, mm-hmm. whatever. But anyway, but him saying, hey, this is for my, you know, this is for Becky and Bob. It's like, you're an idiot. Yeah. And now he knows who to look for in the future. Yeah, and that's probably why he was dis, uh, let, let go from the Time Masters and whatnot. Right. Oh, maybe he was a bad Time Master. <laughs> yeah. The guy couldn't even tell time with a sundial. For real. So anyway, but, but the question is, like, okay, so we got time travel now. Yeah. So what's that Vandal Savage at some point won't gain the technology of time travel? Mm-hmm. I mean, what year is Rip Hunter from? Like 21, 20, 22nd century. 22nd right. Century. Well, Vandal Savage was there conquering it. Yeah. So let's see. I'm Vandal Savage. I'm immortal. I have time to kill. Mm-hmm. Huh, literally. <laughs> so anyway, so the thing is, if I'm him, no brainer. I just wait till you get that, that time travel technology, mm-hmm. which I'm going to have in that time frame where I want to kill his wife and kid. I guess. So what's to stop Vandal Savage from time traveling, and then Rip Hunter and the crew have to go save themselves, yeah. their younger, their younger selves. Ah, oh, that would be a great episode. Too. Time, time travel, it's old, you know. Yeah, it's wormy, wimy, wibbly, wobbly. Yeah, stuff. You know, whatever. Yeah, I think yeah, that I'm totally wrong. Yeah. Anyway, but you know what I'm going for. But the thing is yep. that, again, huge potential, good show. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to become a great show, and. Flash, I can't wait to see Flash each week still. Oh, yeah. Arrow, you know, I watch it on Hulu, so, you know, it pops up there. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll get to it. So, But Flash, I'm kind of like, ah, oh, got to watch it now. You saw the recent episode of Arrow. I think so, yeah. Uh, where he, they're going to save Thea and, you know, hand me the ring and whatnot. Oh, stop, no. Okay. No, I didn't see that yet. You're because, right, that's this week's Arrow. Yeah. This past week's Arrow. No, I haven't seen it yet. Okay, I will yeah. say, no spoilers, but I, I already for saw you. Your, your Twitter thing. Yeah. Oh, oh, you did? Damn. But I, but but don't worry, I didn't quite understand it, so I'm not, I didn't pay much attention to yeah. it. Yeah, I mean... It'll still be a surprise. Again, but like, I think, by the time you watch this episode, you know who might be in the grave. And it's oh. so fucked up. Like, it is so fucked up. It's not even funny. Well, I like how they're leading to believe it could be, like, anybody at this point. Yeah, I mean, if it's not who they, from the intentions that it looks like they're going for, if it's not them, like, that would be 
then again, it's just like, who do you go after next? But, but who they're implying that might be in the grave? Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Who did That's, I say it was? You said I think you said it was. I don't. I don't know. Like I said, I thought it was Diggle. At first, I thought it would be Diggle because right. Felicity would be kind of like just wouldn't make sense. I mean, it'd be too obvious and whatnot. And then it's just like maybe it would be Diggle. But then again, again, at the end of Arrow, you kind of know you might they might just go the way that they're implying who is going to be in that grave. And it's just, oh, so messed up. And just when I was just like, oh, I love, I'm so glad, you know, you know, did you see, what did you see? Like, well, obviously, okay, it's a no-brainer. Malcolm doesn't die. But... Uh, just when I was just like, oh, I'm so glad they didn't kill Malcolm. And then Malcolm goes to, you know, Damien Dark and tells him about a certain someone. And I'm just like, oh, you fucking dick. Like, just when I, just when I thought I was loving you, now I really wish you, you got killed. Damien Dark? No. Uh. Malcolm? Malcolm. Because well, it's so messed he's up. he's never, I mean, that's who he is. Yeah, but still. He's got... Uh, it's 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 Thea. I think he just tops it with who he like he said. Like well, who, it's uh, it's Thea and then him. Yeah, you try to piece it together. There now. could be a point <laughs> where he would put his own needs above Thea's. Yeah, that's how he is. Yeah, that's how he is in the episode, basically. Yeah. So the thing is, is that what what's great about the character is that he has moments that are like redeeming. Mm-hmm. But, this is one of those life lessons. Yeah. If you truly know somebody, Mm -hmm. and you understand them, they will never disappoint you because you know what to expect. Right. So there are certain people you meet in this world, if you totally understand how they are, how they operate, they're not going to let you down because you're going to know that they're going to do it anyway. Yeah. So when they do it, you're not surprised. Right. So when Malcolm does something that's just heinous after he seems like he's being so good, it's like, look... Remember who he is. Yeah. If he's doing something that's really good and positive, there's a reason for it. Yeah. And that reason ultimately is self-serving. It comes back to him. Right. He is not altruistic. He is not out there to do good for others just to do good for others. Right. I mean, and, you know, at the end of the day, his life for Thea's, I think right now it could be Thea. Yeah. But at the same time, eh, he might put himself before her. Right. Because that's his character. So if he did that, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. But I'm trying to remember who I said was in the grave. Um, it wasn't anybody like major. Lance. Maybe Lance, he said. Lance. Uh, Captain Lance. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's who I think it's... Yeah, I think that's who I said it was. Uh, Whoever it is, it's got to have a tie to Barry. Or a, but it a loose tie to Barry, because Barry didn't yeah. seem all... Because, I mean, I think we've seen the grave... I think I've seen the grave twice now. And the last time I saw the grave, Barry was there with him. Yeah. And uh, made a comment. But I don't know. I don't think it's going to be a major character. Yeah. But then again, it could be. Yeah. I mean... But that's the beauty of it. Keep us guessing. Keep you watching. And it's that build-up. And that's part of what makes the show enjoyable. Right. If it was predictable, you wouldn't watch it. Mm Mm-hmm. So... But man, sometimes the little teasers they give you are just like, it's like, fuck you. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. So. 
Oh man, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to end this episode right here. Don't want this to go to the three hour mark, but no worries. There's a part two to this conversation. So go have a listen as me and my dad talk minor spoilers for Deadpool, but mainly because we talk about the doctor. That's right, man. We're talking all about Doctor Who. So go check it out.